There we go. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Let me go ahead and kick my song off so we can continue to vibe real quick. Good morning. Wake up. Only one night, though. We've been better doing for a night. Only one night, though. Climbing. Only one night, though. Only one night, though. Only one night, though. If you cry, you can cry one night. Only one night, though. Just you can just one night. Only one night, though. Let the tears fall down one night. Only one night, though. Only one night, though. Only one 
Yeah, I was sad, but it was only, only one night. Yeah, I shed tears, but it was only, only one night. but it was only, only but it was only. I was really sad, but it was only, only one night. Yeah. I was really sad, but it was only, only one night. I was stressed all night long, but it was only, only one night. But it was only, only one night. But it was only, only one night. I was so cute. Big problems don't seem as big. You know what I'm saying? They be small problems because they be 
small problems anyway, they, especially in God's hand, everything is small. Amen? Amen. With that being said, though, I mentioned prayer. And the one thing I like to do is start my show off in my room off with prayer. I love praying. I don't know about y'all, but I believe prayer is my gateway. Prayer is my portal. Prayer is my satellite. Prayer is the way I connect with God. I don't know about y'all, but we have to communicate. When when you want to talk to me, what you what you do? You you call waking up with the prophet, or you call that person number. When I want to talk to God, I pray. So let's tap in real quick, and let's pray. Let's get sent it real quick, and then we're going to go ahead and continue with the rest of the show with another song break in the scripture. And y'all know how we do this thing. Let's go. Father God, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you for this moment. God, we thank you for this day, this minute, this second, this hour, this week, this year, this season, this century. God, we thank you for everything that has been, that is, God. And we thank you for you being God all by yourself, God. We thank you, oh God, for being our Father, God. We thank you, oh God, for being wise, God. We thank you for being sovereign, our protector, our provider. God, we thank you just for all of who you are. Before we come to you asking you for anything, God, we want to center our mind, heart, and spirit around who you are and thanking you for being who you are and for creating us, giving us purpose purpose, giving us life. God, we thank you even that you woke us up this morning with the activity of our limbs. We thank you that you woke us up, oh God, with a sober mind, God, with a mind that's ready to bless you, oh God, and bless your people, God. We thank you, oh God, for a mind centered on your purpose and on your will. God, we thank you, oh God, for protecting us even as we slept and we slumbered. God, we thank you because you don't sleep or slumber, but you protected us as we slept and we slumbered, oh God, that you protected us in the nighttime, God, that you provided for us, oh God, even when we weren't sleeping. We thank you, oh God, for opening doors and making opportunities, God. We thank you for creating new opportunities, a new day, and new grace. God, we thank you, oh God, for this day and the grace of this day. God, even as we go into this day, we want to take a moment, oh God, to even repent for our sins, transgressions, and iniquity. Father, if we've offended any person, any 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 person, God, we ask that you will forgive us and the people will forgive us in the name of Jesus. Father, and even as we walk into this day, God, we ask that we'll hold no offense against any person, God, creating us a clean heart, oh God, renewing us a righteous spirit, oh God, that we'll be able to worship you in spirit and in truth, that we'll be able to do all things that you have called us to do, God, that we'll be able to walk forth in grace and power and in purpose. God, we thank you, oh God, for this room, this space, and every person, oh God, that is connected to this space, oh God. We pray that, God, even as they come in here to listen, laugh, and learn, that they will be educated, elevated, and they will be, uh, 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 that they'll be edified in the name of Jesus. We thank you, oh God, for this room. We thank you, oh God, for every person under the sound of our voice, oh God, and every person that is in connection to us. God, we pray that you'll allow us to be a blessing on today. God, we ask that you'll allow us to be a blessing on today in the name of Jesus, oh God. If there's anything, oh God, that there's that you have in us to release, God, we ask that you'll deposit it and download it into us now. God, download into us the agenda of heaven that we'll know how to walk throughout the earth, oh God, that we'll know how to be navigated throughout the circumstances of life in the name of Jesus. And Father, as we pray right now, we believe by faith that all things are working together for our good. We believe by faith that no weapon formed against us shall be able to prosper. And we thank you right now for your grace, your mercy, your power, and your truth. And it is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. I'm going to stop right there before I get ready to start prophesying. I don't know why, but I just feel an anointing on me today. So I'm going to cut to my next song in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Let's go. It's 8.30 a.m. It's time to stand up, stretch, and carrying all of the world on my shoulders it's getting too heavy for me And y'all know I ain't no Hercules Life moves on, stuff breaks down, people fall off Gotta find a way to get over Gotta find a way to get through, break through yeah. Struggles, they last, and as time passes It's been one thing after the other 
Trying to turn me up. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, everybody. Yeah, but like, why are you hollering? Because it's just to be morning time, and I just be excited because I don't woke up today. Because I could have died yesterday, but guess what? I woke up today. I ain't do nothing that I could have died yesterday, but you know what I'm just saying? You know, the devil always trying to kill somebody that's anointed. So you know how they be. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? You got to be excited for a new day. Folks be like, you never know what can happen in a day. You're right. You never know. In Jesus' name. With that being said, though, let's go ahead and get to the scripture of the day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Waking Up with the Prophet, where we wake up each and every day with fresh inspiration, motivation, and a little bit of music with a little bit of scripture, too, because we're going to add um, the scripture of the day into it now. Scripture of the day comes from Philippians chapter number two, starting at at the third verse and i'm going to read from the new living translation brought to you by biblegateway.com mama lena i put my professional voice on because they don't believe i'm a professional MC, so i gotta be, be real professional with it 
And it reads, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble thinking of others better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. I'm going to read it a little bit better for y'all. Y'all ready? <clears throat> in my pastoral voice. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't look out for your own interests, but take interest in others too. That's what the word of God says. Philippians chapter number two, starting from the third verse, reading to the fourth from the New Living Translation. I'm going to read it one more time for you, just in case we need to incorporate it in the conversation today. It says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble thinking of others better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take interest in others too. With that being said, I'm going to stop right there because I tell you all the time I'm nobody's doctor, theologian, pastor, senior, senior leader, all that other stuff. I'm just a little baby prophet here trying to get a word of God as God gives it to me. And in this scripture today, it, plain, it lays it out plain and simple. That's why I like verses like that. Plain and simple. Just be humble. Just think of others better than you. Even, and, and that talks about what humility is because we talked about it, I think, last week a little bit. And I'm sorry because I haven't uploaded the, the episodes on the, on the podcast because it just ain't let me download. We'll talk about that later on. But in the scripture, it literally just tells us kind of what we were discussing last week just be humble walk in humility thinking of others kind of better than yourself but not downing yourself not playing yourself like you like you less than because you're great but at the same time also be humble don't be selfish don't try to impress others but look out for others look at others interests just as well as you want other people to look into you what the, what the golden rule treat others as though you want people to treat you you know what i'm saying that's all the scripture says on today you know what i'm saying not to be too deep because we, we it's a monday and you know what i'm saying that's why i had all the other doctors Prophets, theologians, and all the other stuff coming in this room because they can be deep if they want to. But for me, it's a Monday and we're just going to vibe out. So I'm going to go ahead and cut to the next song real quick because you know what I'm saying? I'm just feeling like a good old Monday. So with that being said, let's cut to this song and then we're coming right, right back. Hey, shameless plug too. If you also want to find the playlist and the music that I'm also listening to every day on Waking Up with the Prophet, you can go to Waking Up with the Prophet on Instagram and Facebook where I upload the playlist normally daily. You know what I'm saying? Just like I upload the episodes daily, we try to upload the playlist daily too because I know y'all need good gospel music to listen to i want to bring the gospel music industry back no shade i'm trying to bring gospel music back i don't know what's wrong with us even pastors i be looking at pastors like why are you listening to the baby like that like why is you listen to me like why is you just no get you some good gospel music to listen to you a whole pastor you a whole woman of god listen to some holy music in jesus name but no we're gonna go ahead and cut to this next song and then i'm coming right right back amen amen no you keep one on one night what's wrong with you be delivered <laughs> Come on, can you lift up your voice? Come on, lift up your voices. Father, I trust you. Father, I trust you. Father, I trust you. Always. And Father, I need you. Can't do life without you. Father, I need you always. Who has that testimony in the room? Sing it with us, Father. Father, I trust you. Father. Father, I trust you. 
You got it. Father, Father I somebody say, always. Let's sing, Father, I need you. Father, I need you. Can't do life. You got it. Father, somebody say, always. Hallelujah. The next part is just going to ask him to heal us. Say, Father, please heal me. Father, please heal me. Anybody need healing? Father, please heal me. How about somebody in the hospital room? Make this your prayer. Father, please heal me. Always. Come on, sing Father, and ask him, and bring me the victory, hey, sing Father, hey, always, hey, forever and ever, and ever and ever, always, Father, provide for me, does anybody need provision, Father? Come on, just said it and eat, ask him. When do you want him to do it? Sing, Father, yeah. Come on, ask him, supply every one of my needs. Hey. Come on, sing, Father, yeah. Always. Forever and ever and ever. Yeah. 
in the morning.
personality, somebody who's just, you know, positive about things. And a lot of people don't have that. So I love being that for other people. And I love checking on other people. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and check in. And y'all know how we check in with our three daily questions. What's the weather? What's for breakfast? And how you start your morning now? Like on a scale from one to five, if you want to go one to ten, you know what I'm saying? If you're feeling extra excited, you know what I'm saying? Like me, I'm on a ten. You know what I'm saying? You, you can say you're on a ten. But normally on a scale of one to five, you know what I'm saying? How you feeling? Because truth is, this show is all about improving. It's all about motivating. It's all about encouraging. And if you're starting your day out on the one, we want to make sure that by the end of the show, you're at least on a three. You know what I'm saying? If you start your day on a three, by the end of the show, we want to at least make sure that you're on a five. Yes, I believe in jumping points. I don't know about y'all, but listen, God is a miracle working God. My credit score jumped over a hundred some points in 30 days. You remember I told y'all like a couple years ago, last year, something like that, it had dropped a hundred points because the last guy went now. When I tell you, God is working miracles in my life and I'm excited about it. So it's time for us to go ahead and check in. You know what I'm saying? Give our little daily spiel. You know what I'm saying? With that being said, I'm going to go ahead and kick it off. Y'all ready? All right, Prophet, it's on you. Good morning, everybody. In my JY voice. <laughs> no, good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning, good morning. I'm refreshing and I'm feeling good this morning. Um, I woke up a little late because I had a long weekend, a long, tiring, like tiring weekend. And then I had to get back up and grind today. Um, I was trying to make some things happen this weekend, but it, it, it didn't happen. It didn't go through. But at the same time, I'm going to still praise God and bless God because I believe by faith that guess what? All things are still working together for my good. So I'm at about a good... Mm, I'm at a four to be honest. Like I can't even complain. I'm at a ten, like you know what I'm saying, like high energy because you know I'm always positive. But spiritually, you know what I'm saying, emotionally, mentally, if I was to be honest, on a scale of one to five, I'm at a four, and I'm gonna get up to a five so I can be all the way on a good ten. But you know, right now I'm just like God, why this ain't work? What's I'm out the hustle. I'm tired. Like me as a person, I'm tired of hustling. So I'll be like, God, come on, like do something. But at the same time, I'm still pushing. I'm still moving because it is a new week. It's a new day. It's a new opportunity. It's a new breakthrough. It's a new blessing waiting on me. And all I got to do is continue to smile and continue to go get it. So I'm excited about that. Um, as far as the weather, it's 62 degrees right now with a high of 80. I don't know about where y'all live, but that fall weather is starting to creep in right now. Like, it's 62 degrees this morning, but it's starting to get to that fall weather where it's cold in the morning and then it get hot in the afternoon. So you start your day out with like a blazer, a little jacket or something. But then by the end of the day, you taking it off, throwing it over your shoulders, you walking out hot, sweating. Yeah, that's what type of, like, that's that's what's happening here in Atlanta. Like, I don't know about y'all, but y'all. And it was raining this weekend. I ain't really like that. So the forecast this week kind of looks good. It's starting to be 60 all week. You know what I'm saying? As I look at it, it's going to be 63, 63, 63. 62, 59 all week is going to be the low. But then at the highs, we get like 81, we get 79, you know what I'm saying, as the week goes forward. So I'm kind of excited about that. It's going to be a nice little week. I'm going to be, you know, moving back and forth because, <sighs> yeah, it's, it's that season, it's that time. God is pushing, God is moving. So I'm kind of excited about that. For breakfast, ain't no breakfast right now. Y'all know I've been starting to have to leave the house in the morning. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going to start actually getting breakfast outside. Y'all know y'all be telling me about Wendy's breakfast, Chick-fil-A, Pastor Charles, I always say God chicken. So I'm going to start probably trying to get me some food on the way out of the office. I mean, or on the way to the office. How you, on the way out of the office to the other office. I'm going to start trying to get me some breakfast. <laughs> 
<laughs> instead of actually going downstairs and cooking. So I ain't ate nothing right now, but y'all know. Once y'all get to talking, I'll start eating. So, yeah, that's how it is this morning. But I'm on a, you know what I'm saying, good little for We're going to get up there. Um, pull to refresh who you guys are on the stage. If you haven't already, please share the room. Share it on Facebook. Share it on Clubhouse. Share it on Instagram. Whatever the case may be. You know what I'm saying? Let people know that, hey, we live, we living, and we in color. And we having fun with, you know what I'm saying, waking up with the profit. With that being said, Mama Lynn, it's on you. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Um I'm 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 between a three and a four. <laughs> I don't know if I'm at a half or three fourths or whatever, but that's where I'm at. You're at three point five. <laughs> Somewhere <laughs> along that way. Uh I'm tired. Yeah. I am actually tired. My weekend was full and stressful. Mm, I know. Uh, the, the stressful part. <laughs> um, I'm just going to put it out there. Uh, I found out that the apartment building that I lived in was foreclosed on. I don't know what that means in a new light. Uh, I'm just trusting God to get through. Hold on, the whole building? Uh, the, yes. So not not just you, but everybody in the apartment. Yeah. So all y'all got to find somewhere else to go is what you're saying. Well, right now, the new owners are telling us no. Okay. They're telling us no. Uh, um, they're telling us that they will be going up on the rent. Uh, okay. I live in a four-family unit. Uh, I got a two-bedroom, but the young man live across the hallway for me. He's in a one unit. So, like, one side is one bedroom, the other side is two bedroom, but it's a four four unit building. Uh, okay. So, right now, I'm just, me and my daughter are just l- looking. So, uh, just keep us in prayer. Okay. So that's where I'm at. But I said I can't dwell on that. I really can't. Not right now. Ain't my problem. Ain't my issue. I told the Lord, this your problem. This your issue. Amen. My body, I can't take it. I, <laughs> I'm like stuck like a deer in headlights. Like what in the world? So that's where I'm at. But other than that, I went to two birthday parties yesterday. I went to a 13-year-old birthday party, and then I went to a 70-year-old birthday party. It's something about tired, tired, tired. With teenagers, and then you go with the older folks. (laughs) Body a little wore out, body tired. Didn't want to get up this morning. I laid in bed. Lauren went off at five, and I laid there until about six, knowing I need to be out the house by seven. But I made it. Made it to work on time. God is good. Breakfast is coffee. Breakfast is coffee. Breakfast is coffee. Got to wake it up. Got to wake it up. Shake the cobwebs off. But, uh, yeah. I can't wait and profit. You riding a motor scooter now and you just parked it anywhere? Hmm. 
I was in Atlanta going to work, Mama Lynn. I don't, I ain't park it anyway, cause they ain't, they ain't let me park it right there. So I had to move it across the street, you know, cause I don't know for some reason it'll try probably kind of keep charging you. Speaking of charge, I need to check my account. But yeah, they, I had to get to work. I was literally leaving the church, Mama Lynn. I <laughs> that truck. That man go, no, he got two locations. So no, I th normally I'm at the, the, the second location right here at Camp Creek, up the street from my house. You know what I'm saying? At like 8 30, 9 o'clock. He called me 8 o'clock the morning. So I'm so Martin, you supposed to be at the summer location, which is downtown, which is next to kind of not like the stadium, not too far from the stadium. But you know what I'm saying? Like it was by the stadium. So Mama Lynn, after service, service ended like 9 30. After service, Instead of me calling a Lyft or Uber, all I did was grab my little backpack, threw it on, and I hopped on one of them little bikes, and I was trucking it with my little bike, getting it, getting it. Parked, and I parked right there by the stadium. I pulled up to the stadium like I was in a car. Pull-up game was real strong. I parked that little thing right there. It kept notifying me that it kept charging me. So I had to move it across the street because... Yeah, it just wouldn't. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. It wasn't gonna do right. <laughs> it was just. We just wouldn't go do right. It wouldn't let me be great. I, I see you past Mercedes. I was like, he downtown. <laughs> yeah. I do know a little bit about just Atlanta. Be... I don't know a whole lot, but I know a little bit. But I see you ride that day, and you was just happy and a smile. You was getting where you had to go, but got to do it. You do what you got to do. Ride a bike. Facts. You got to. I tell people, listen, you have to have fun in life. I'm mad. I don't have my car, but hey, I ain't going to be depressed all my life. No, if I got to ride a bike to my next location, guess what? I'm going to ride a bike and I'm going to have fun with it. And truth be told, that's how you actually learn the city. That's how you learn how to get around. Now, grant, and then it was an electric bike. So it ain't like I was pedaling the whole time. No, I was pedaling for a little bit. Then I stop and press the button, let the button take me through. You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't have to worry about traffic because you know what i'm saying in atlanta you know what i'm saying i'm acting like one of the little one of the little, uh boys for real that be on the bike i ain't stunt traffic i ain't stunt no stop lights i'm just trying to make sure i ain't getting hit and get to where i need to be and when i tell you i got there probably all in mm, maybe five minutes i stopped by Publix real quick get, got me something to drink and then i kept on trucking i said bless god we're gonna have a fun time in jesus name because guess what i will not be defeated i don't care what people think um that's why i look so young because i be acting like a child but i don't care i got childlike faith i'm not gonna be defeated i'm gonna do everything possible to make sure god God said what he said he was going to do is going to get done. Amen. Amen. In Jesus' name. <laughs> JY, I'm throwing it over to you, sir. Do -do -do -do. Go ahead and check in with us. Good morning, everyone. Hold on. Good morning, everyone. Um, it is 68 degrees here with a high of 93. Um, I'm glad uh, we got them three digits. Um, sitting on about like a four, four, five, four, five, four and a half, I guess. Um, I am so glad this weekend is over. Um, Man, tell me. <laughs> I can just go on back to being my regular goofy self and not having to prepare for no messages or nothing. How did I, that go, JY? Oh, I got to treat you like the pastors today. What you preached about? <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. Uh, we, our church had a Rosh Hashanah um, celebration this weekend. And, um, I preached on Sunday morning. And I talked about 
Uh, you, had, you said you preached on who? Huh? What was the first part you had cut out a little bit? We had Rosh Hashanah was this weekend. Okay. So we had a a New Year celebration, and I spoke on Sunday morning, talking about the door, the key, the uh, key to the open doors for the this year, according to the prophetic word and the uh, Hebrew calendar. Fifty-seven eighty-four is the year of the open doors and the doorkeeper. And I pretty much spoke about like the access, these doors, God is calling for us to be obedient um, and obedient the first time. When he tell you to do something to call you to somewhere, you're supposed to you do it at that moment. And God is going to reward the obedience yeah. of people. And I came out of Revelations 3, uh, chapter 8, I mean, uh, verse 8, um, where he says, like, I open a door that no one can close. But he was talking to the faithful church, those that was faithful. And a lot of things that we've been through, you know, especially beginning in this decade of just so many ups and downs and just don't know this and don't know that. Um, it's It's been tough for people to be faithful because of so much adversity, so many things that's going on. Yeah, so many distractions. Yeah. But those of us who have been faithful and even spoke to a lot of uh, the Bible even in that first talk about uh, you have little strength. A lot of us are getting weary and we're getting tired, but the door is going to be open for us. And um, I kind of talked about different doors that the Lord is going to show up in. And then God had me really speak about the Kurt Franklin thing. And um, oh Lord, I believe the Lord is opening up the door for reconciliation. Okay, okay. Um, with family. Now, I, I know people, This I've heard a lot of people say, that sounds like a market employee or whatever, but I tell people all the time, a lot of us use our pain. No, it's supposed to be. No, it's called being relevant. That's what yeah, that is. Yeah, yeah, but a lot of people use, we all use our pain and our experiences, and we demonstrate it through art, no matter yeah. what. Preaching is art. Speaking is art. Writing yeah. is art. Yeah. Singing is art. All the things we do, we express a lot of our experiences through art. So don't get upset because he was able to be transparent in that moment. Um, and it, I mean, I was in tears. Like, I, I was in tears so hard because I heard, immediately once I got done watching it, I immediately felt the um, what God's people was going through. And that's why I said God is about to open up a door of reconciliation. And I even put a, a charge on the men in my church <clears throat> to really step up because the men is really just not there. And the God gave me a demonstration to have them all line up arm and arm and arm and just start worshiping the war. I said, you realize how intimidating that is? If you have a bunch of people coming after you with loud noises, like you're gonna, it's gonna make you pause about attacking them. And I was like, you know, as and even as fathers, we have to do our job. I told people like, if you haven't spoke to your child, I don't care what's going on. I don't care what the big mouth issue is or whatever, just that and the other. I was like, you need to have that relationship with your child and you need to have it, uh, and you need to make it your business to do it. And I, um, I said, um, um, I talked about myself and what I went through pertaining to my children and how I had to, um, their mom tried to keep them away from me. And um, I had to find, I went and found out what I had to do after so long. I waited longer than I should have, but I paid the money I needed to pay and this, that, and the other, because I didn't want my children to grow up and feel like they, my daughters are looking for a father figure in men and my son doesn't know how to really be the man that God called him to be. I didn't want the blood to be on my hands. 
yeah, that's pretty much what I did. And uh, it went great, man. I never had preached a sermon and people right afterwards start testifying about what my word said. We was there forever because I got done and everybody was coming up just telling me. They grabbed the microphone and was just talking about what where it touched and how it felt, how it felt, uh, what it did to them. They was crying. It was just a lot going on. So I told my wife, like, dude, I've never came and had a, uh, uh, for like a Q and A session after a <laughs> but it was it was amazing. God showed up, and my wife did her thing as the MC and really just start prophesying. Can I go watch the service online? Yeah, it's online. It's, um, um, it's it's online. What's the link for who I go search up? Um, Breath of Life Fellowship Church. All right, Breath of Life Fellowship Church. Mm-hmm. So. God is good, man. I'm just, I'm just truly, truly grateful. Um, yeah, very grateful. Amen, amen. Why, well, AJY? That's a Stone Mountain, Georgia. That is not. Oh, Look man. up Austin, Texas, or uh, Pflugerville. <laughs> not Pflugerville. Pflugerville, but it begins with a P, not a, not an F. It's P F L Pflugerville. <laughs> P F L Pflugerville. <laughs> It's actually in Austin. Yeah, it's Austin. Um, oh yeah, I if you see go, it, I if you go on my page, the B O F L, the B O F L C. Yeah, if you go on my page, you'll actually see yesterday's sermon. I mean, uh, met, uh, service because I shared it on my page. And it, y'all dressed in this all white. Yeah, y'all was angels or something. I'm joking. Nah, man, we going in the new year, man. You supposed to bring it in impurity, so we. I thought. So here's the thing, and that's why I kind of um, named the room last Friday, Rosh Hashanah, and we finna kind of get to it, you know what I'm saying, later on, because Pastor Charles probably can give us, you know what I'm saying, full detail too. But I thought the new year wasn't until Yom Kippur. Rosh Hashanah is just a holy week, or supposed to be, and I ain't gonna cap, I almost named this uh, room the real holy week. But yeah, I thought like Rosh Hashanah was like the holy week, and then Yom Kippur was like the actual new year day type of thing. It all kind of goes together. Rosh Hashanah leads up to um, the Day of Atonement, but yeah. Rosh Hashanah is actually the beginning, and then you take this time to reflect, right? And and then it, it and then it goes into the Day of Atonement. So, yeah, okay. See, so, yeah, I was talking about the Day of Atonement. My pastor told me that that was the day God visited the earth, and we was all just and blessed and holy. We was just yeah, we was up there on on on. Yeah, that's the day you be saved, saved. <laughs> TV, you know how we used to you be saved, saved. But yeah, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Pastor Charles, I'm throwing it over to you, sir. Good morning. Go ahead and check in. I'm sure you probably over there, Yasha Sharon too. Or how you say it? Rosh Rosh Hashanah too. Uh okay. Uh no. Good morning. How's everybody doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, what was that about? Rosh Hashanah Inc. Oh my gosh. Okay, we're done. Good morning. It's a good day. Um, praise the Lord. I'm alive. I'm alive. I'm alive. I'm alive. Am I alive? Because there's more. So it's uh I'm thankful to be alive and thankful to be here. Um right now I am a what? I'm about a two and a half. I'm gonna be uh five later. I'm going to uh Get us! I'm having a spa a part of a spa spa morning here. I'm gonna do that. The who spa morning? A spa morning, yes. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna have that and and um 
it's going to be, I'm going to have a good time there. So I'll do that. And then, um, but yeah, uh, so yesterday, um, yesterday was great. We had a good service yesterday. God's so good to us. Um, yes, there was a, um, it is Rosh Hashanah. I didn't do a whole lot of extra talk about it because most people just don't have that full capacity. And I was, I went somewhere else, my message, and I didn't have time to really go all full bore into it, but I didn't mention. And I mentioned also that it is the season. So last season, last, last time was the year of the open mouth. And this year is the year of the open door. And so that right there just kind of tore our church up a little bit, you know, because it's like, you know, there's doors, there's, there's a door that, that no man can open. And, but it's also no, no man can shut when the blessing the God has made this, made a decision about you. Amen. He's in charge of the door. <laughs> He's in charge of the way. He's in charge of the way it swings. He's in charge of the whole kit and caboodle. So I try to keep it really simple. But yeah, man. So um, we we um, it, it was good. We had a good service. Yeah. So I preached yesterday on. Um, I used a, a big word. I like to use big words. And uh, this word was called is this vicissitudes. 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 With a with a with a V, yeah. Vicissitudes. Vicissitudes. V I. Vicissitudes. Yeah, vicissitudes. And um, what that is is, of course, you know, we're in our series, the Pulse series, and you know the little line that show, like if you're looking at it on one of those graphs or whatever, and you see a pulse, you know, it goes up and down. Yeah, it goes up and down. And the problem is with most of us is that. We don't, we, we always say how much, you know, we love God, but sometimes we love God only on convenience. We love him only for what he can do for us. And when things are going very, very well, we're happy, you know, but when things aren't going our way, we want to, uh, you know, turn it all over and say, oh, God's not good. He's not this. And, you know, and, and so we, we become entitled. And so I wanted to kind of speak to that a little bit and talk about yeah. that there's there's pain in, in purpose and and that kind of thing. But also that, uh, you know, the first my first kingdom point was um, stay out of God's business. <laughs> All right. <laughs> stay out of God's business. He's 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 already. And I used a particular scripture uh, that talks about uh, what what happens when we go through trials, the trials produce patience and and those kinds of things and and that you know it's it's, it's producing something so yeah, but don't nobody yeah. want to go through all that pastor charles that's how i, I feel about this weekend because i was like god i don't feel like god dog gonna ride no bike but i but had it, but to it's... but shoot i was mad about it i ain't feel like getting up at eight o'clock in the morning and ubering to no church i was but, pissed off but you know what's funny what's funny what you don't know is that um maybe you riding the bike yesterday moved and started your circulatory system to do what it's supposed to do which may have moved some clots or moved some things around so yeah. that you wouldn't have you you got some energy it gave you some it gave you it moved some things it gave so you a pulse you know yeah your pulse was raised a little bit so you could move some stuff from starting the clot in the wrong place or or sometimes sometimes your brain got some stuff where it's locked up and you don't even realize it but you taking that 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 uh you taking that 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 uh, bike and and do, using it and getting out there and getting the fresh air 
You don't know what it saved you from. You could have been riding in something else and, and you could have rode in the wrong Uber and they had COVID. Who knows? I mean, you know, facts, <laughs> you know, facts. <laughs> so, I mean, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of pluses in that. And I gave a couple of examples. And first, one example I said, I said, you, the reason, you know, that sometimes some people you can't, you're not supposed to help them. You ain't supposed to help them out of this situation. You need to, you know, you may, maybe you can encourage them a little bit, but you ain't supposed to help every situation. There is a reason why you don't, you don't help a chicken, a uh, little baby chick get out of the egg. There's a reason for that. Let them peck out, peck it and, and get out themselves. Why? Because it needs to go through the process so that it can build up its blood pressure so it can when it comes out it can hold its head up did you know that if you help a chicken out his head is not strong enough to be able to hold up the neck is not strong enough to hold up his head and so what happens is is that you try to help him out and the chicken can't hold its head up and it ends up strangling itself because it doesn't have enough energy and enough pressure um going in its lungs and in the heart beating well enough and getting exercise to be able to keep that head up. And so sometimes we're trying to help people out of their situations and God is using it to be able to make them better, make them stronger. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, so I use that. And I also told the story about the, uh, about the codfish, um, how that, uh, I mean, I ain't trying to hold all the time, but I told the story about the codfish and how, um, Back in the day, they were trying to uh, ship codfish from the East Coast, because that's where it normally is, to the West Coast. And the problem was, is that by the time it got to the West Coast, it was always not so as good and not tasting fresh. So they, what they decided to do, instead of packing it on ice, and they would send it by train that during that time. And so instead of packing it in ice, what they decided to do was make some fish tanks, make some aquarium kind of tanks and put the codfish in the tanks and ship it over to the, uh, to, from the East coast to the West coast. But when it got to the West coast, they found out that the codfish was uh, mushy and, and whatnot. And it just wasn't even good at all. In fact, it was supposed to be better, but it wasn't even better. It was just, and it, it was just not good. You know, they were, they were trying to figure out what is the problem with this. And so somebody came up with the idea of putting its natural enemy in the tank with them and then uh the codfish's natural enemy is the uh is the catfish and so you put they put a few catfish in the tank with the codfish so all the way from the east coast to the west coast that codfish was running inside of the inside of a tank and it's just running away running away and trying to you know go through it, it, it could not it just could not uh you know of course it didn't some of them i'm sure they might have caught maybe one or two but the bulk of them ended up getting to the destination but they were scared to death because their enemy cool. <laughs> yeah because their enemy was, was was chasing after them the whole entire time and so uh so the moral was what's the what's the moral of the story, right? The moral of the st story is that sometimes let me let me let me read it let me read it directly to you. Uh, so the what's the what's the moral of the story? Uh, we need catfish in our lives to keep us fresh, alive, and growing. <laughs> catfish in our lives are difficult people, difficult and difficult situations. They chase us around, irritate and torment us to no end. They keep us on our toes. 
they keep us uh, they keep us going and growing if it's not for them our lives might just be an uneventful and flavorless motionless mushy and uh terrible life so some of these things as we're going through and the things that we're going through and let's thank god we're going through them and you know the, the realness of it you know what if, if everything was always hunky-dory like humans and like the like the people in 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 the uh in the, the, the Israelites and everybody, you know what would happen? We wouldn't pray. Facts. You know, we don't. You know, we do it out of we do what we're supposed to do in praying. But most of us wouldn't. We wouldn't go to God for nothing if it were not for having to go through sometimes the trials. I don't like them either, but. I have to now look at all of that while I'm going through it. Lord, I know that there's an end to it. And I know at the end, you got something in store for me. And so that, that's what I say. Anyway, it was a good weekend. I'm, I'm thankful to God. God bless. I'm going to have to go back and watch Pastor Charles because you kind of write about it. Like, I ain't going to cap. It, it builds your per it builds your your endurance, your perseverance, your, per your, I don't know what's the word I want to use, uh, perseverance. Um, but perseverance. Yeah, perseverance. That's what it means. It builds your perseverance. It builds all of that in you. And granted, like you said, don't nobody like it. But at the same time, you gotta go through. I ain't gonna cap. I would. I be thinking like sometimes. God, I wish I was just a model. I wish I like just be able to take my shirt off and just go through normal. But no, I gotta be decent. I wish I was just a drug dealer sometimes where I can just go out there and sell drugs. But no, I gotta be saved and get money the right way. <laughs> In the world. I'm, I'm just Please. saying. Like, you know, you know, when you get saved, it feel like problems be bigger. That's why I be trying to help other people to see their problems as small. Because, you know, when you get saved, you be like, God, now why I want to get saved? I got to go through all of this. When I was in the world, I wasn't doing all of this. You know what I'm saying? Hey, nah, man. Nah. I'm going to tell you. The Bible, the Bible is really is right when it says the way of the transgressor is hard. And I've seen the way of the saved person is hard too. Then, <laughs> well, no, nah. I mean, well, it, let's put it this way: we know that there's something that's coming as a result of it. We there's yeah. hope. There's hope. Yeah, I agree. I'm just I'm just trying to get to the part where the Bible say his joke is easy because I ain't gonna cap. I was I was I was in some hard times, and I'm trying to figure out like God, what a yoke is easy part it. Get me down. Get me down. Get me down in his light. But but you, but you see what he says about that? He says he he gives you the he gives you the answer in there. He says the yoke he gives is easiest bird. He says take my yoke upon you, and learn from me. If you look at it in the Message Bible, it's really really amazing. He says uh, learn how I do it. Learn how I do. It. He says learn the unforced rhythms of His grace, man. Look at that scripture in the in the Message Bible. It'll bless your life. I'm it starts off, you know, the, the beginning of it is um, in the King James says, um, it starts off, uh, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. rest. Take my on. yoke upon you and learn from me. For my, I am meek and lowly and hard, and I will give you rest. And then it continues, it says, for my yoke is easy and the burden is light. Well, in the Message Bible, um, Eugene Peterson uh, said it that way. He says, he says are you tired? It, like, it sounds like a commercial. Are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? 
come to me, come away with me. Let me show you how I do it. You know, and he talks about, I'll, I'll uh, put something, I'll lay something on you and it won't be, uh, it'll be uh, lightly. It'll be, won't be something that's heavy, but it'll be light. And it continues on and it says, learn the unforced rhythms of his grace. I'm just kind of paraphrasing, but that's, man, let me tell you, it'll bless your life. When I saw that and I recognized that and I'm like this thing right here, I mean, Lord, all I have to do is take on your yoke. All I have to do is throw off mine and take on what you said to take on. You mean I can, I can do what you say, which is lesser than what these other folks say? What? The yoke that you give is easy? Wow, man. Let that Birthday right there will bless your life when you realize it. I'm going, I'm going to mute. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to hold up. <laughs> no, you good. You talking right, Pastor Shaw. It's just a process that a lot of people have to walk through to find self-discovery, I believe. I ain't gonna count. I think that's a process that a lot of people have to walk through to actually find self-discovery, but they really, you know, it's a process that we gotta go through. And a lot of us, we quit in the midst of the process because we don't want to endure it. So it causes us to actually either fail the process, never go through, never go through it again, or we have to constantly repeat that process. But I'm learning in life now even that if I continue to go through with the process, continue to be patient, continue to hold out, continue to trust God, things don't work out because I ain't even gonna cap. Pastor Charles, I'm mad about this call. Man, I tried to get a call so bad this weekend. Again, after I just wrecked the last one. But the insurance so high, they ain't gonna let me get it. What, what is it for me? I'm talking about, I even called Dr. Patton. I called Dr. Patton trying to get the insurance. Dr. Patton wouldn't even give me no insurance. Dr. Patton said, Prophet, we give you some insurance. You gotta make like a $1,200 deposit. I said, What is this, a house? Yes, sir. Um, Man, you know what? It's sad that the, the the folks that have that have benefited from uh, insurance fraud and stuff like that, and and of course, you know, insurance they don't have as much money as you think they do. You know, with some of these different things that they've uh, had, these different, uh, you know, the tornadoes and fires and and wrecks and I mean, man. And then you got these uh, commercials all the time talking about if you have a problem with your insurance, then call us, call, call the, wherever the insurance company, uh, call this uh, law office and we'll get you big bucks, you know? And so then, you know, so every day, I mean, man, I'm not just saying it's an economy thing, but I'm going to tell you right now, um, first of all, I'm not trying to get into wrecks, but if I get in a wreck, and I say that I'm going to pay you a deductible of $100, $200 or whatever, and I'm paying extra a premium to do that. I expect you to take care of my business. Right. And, you know, and so but the thing is, sometimes we don't update our, our insurance. We don't, um, you know, because these cars are more expensive than they were. Um, sometimes you've been paying on an insurance thing for a long time and you haven't ever really, you know, updated anything because now there's more loopholes and more things that's out there. You know, yeah. they'll pay the car, but they won't pay your uh, pay the uh, pay the note off, you know, or something like that. Or, you know, so now you pay extra for that. And. And, you know, if your car is brand new, you know, it's usually higher because they, they're they still trying to scramble to get parts. And nowadays, everybody's trying to get parts. If you got a car um, about between three and five years old, uh, sometimes you need to pray to God that, that, that there's a part for it, you know. Um, 
uh, but you know, so all of that, all of that, and then you know, you're young still, you know, still very reasonably young, but you're in your thirties. You're supposed your insurance supposed to be down. But the problem is, if you get in, if you get in multiple accidents, it's gonna take your premium up. It just absolutely is, man. I had gotten in one accident. I hit somebody and rear-ended somebody, and then got the, my got my car back, and then somebody rear-ended me. Um, I had just gotten the car back, and somebody rear-ended me. Won't pay attention. Hit me in the back, and the total the car, and then I had to get another car. I got a better car, uh, the next model up. And, but it cost me, man, for a long time. I was paying, I was paying Allstate and indemnity. I was in an indemnity. I couldn't even be in regular Allstate. I had to be in the in the high risk side. And but I paid that insurance, man, and I didn't get in any more accidents after that. Um, and then I ended up coming off of that and ended up changing to something else. So now I got USAA, and I'm doing pretty good with them. But you know, my boys, man, tickets and. Man, that stuff. Hold on, was Pastor Charles. Hold on, hold on. You said you got USAA. I thought you got to be military or something like that. My dad was military. My dad was. Um, he went to Vietnam. My dad in military too. How you get what? his information? I thought your dad had passed. No, my no my my dad is my dad is in his eighties, but he is fully alive. Let oh, me tell you. okay. Yeah, okay. but he gave me his but he gave me his DDR. What did you need? Your DDR fourteen. Uh, oh, that's what I need to get from my daddy. Yeah. DDR14. Yeah, get our DDR14, whatever. Get that number. And if you get it, you you all you gotta do is do that. And they'll okay. check it. And they'll you you'll be in there and you'll be in there for life and bring whoever you want in there. They offered me, they offer USAA, but I was like, okay, I don't got I think I had tried to go through the application process, but I don't think I had, like you said, that DDR number or whatever I was missing. So yeah. I could, I didn't get it. But now I'm going to try. And then my brother's also military too. Can I ask my brother for his? I think, but I think his parent is usually parents, but. Right, like a guardian believe, or somebody. Yeah, but if, but if your brother has USAA, if he has it and he wants you, if he's, you know, wants you to be able to get an account there and that kind of thing, you can access that. And then uh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not sure though about my brother, but definitely my father. So my, my dad. <laughs> My dad, my dad, my dad was just as happy. He said, "Yeah, give it to me." I mean, I'll give me, I'll give me. He sent it to me and everything, and I was like, "Thank you, Dad." And so I have USAA, and I signed him up too. And whenever he's ready, um, yeah, I mean, anybody that's ready, my whole family can get on it if they want to now. That's what's up. Yep. Well, speaking of fathers, real quick, right before we cut into another topic, I mean, right before we cut into um, a song break and then hop into news and hot topic like we always do. Speaking of, you know, fathers and stuff and sons, did you watch the Kurt Franklin thing? And how you feel about it? Like, come on, come on. Why Stop. did how you, you ask me that? Lord Jesus. How you felt about it, Pastor? <laughs> listen, listen. Uh, uh, listen. I'm gonna tell you first of all. By the way, look in your look in the notes. Uh, you can all somebody here, Carlette. Oh is, yeah, I see it. Yeah, you can yeah, get Navy Federal notes, too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah Navy Federal. Federal yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. yeah. But, um, man, so I have several. I have a lot. I have several things going on with that. Um, first of all, yes, I, I think he was blessed because he was actually using this whole thing. Oh, not the, the the video part. He was using that because he was using that to do his new thing. That's what happens now. You know, I guess, you know, he's starting his new, his latest album and him doing the video. Just so happens that life is happening and he finds out about his father and that's a part of the deal. It just kind of comes up the way I understand it. But it's cool to be able to see it. 
And uh, I, I thought that was really good. However, however, um, just so many different little pieces that um, just needs to be dealt with. Uh, number one, first of all, I, I just asked the question at the end uh, when he needed to ask that one question. So, Deborah, did you have relations with the man, with Rick? Did you, did, did, was that, did y'all do anything? Because if you did, that's the thing. And so the problem is, is that she is in denial. She does not, she, for whatever reason, she doesn't like it that he is the father. She don't like it. And she is, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I, never mind that the, the, the science. Now you're talking about rocket science, just regular science. 99.9% said that, that, which is, if you round it up, that's 100%. That is his father. And his father's alive. And and he gets to celebrate that. And I appreciate, and that's probably what the problem is. It seems like his father has some sense. And it looks like he, if he had known there would have been something that would have transpired from that, the possibility of maybe he would have, have taken him in. Maybe he would have, you know, who knows all the things, but he's 53 now and his dad's got to be in his uh, 60s or 70s or somewhere along those lines. He's got to be up there. And so that's a lot. That's a lot to take in. But it sounds it sounds like great. It sounds great. But I wish, um, uh, for the final thing, I wish that he could have some kind of reconciliation with his mother to get it right. And I wish she had enough in her to be able to allow him that. Because let's say, you're not, please give me this. All, all I'm asking you is just to give me this. And she would not give it to him. And then she's even said that she um, is sad that she's going to lose her relationship with her son. And the reason she's losing her relationship with her son is because she won't admit that that guy is a father. She, whatever is going on in her is so whatever it is that she does not want him to have that. It's almost like it's almost like it was OK for somebody to be uh, somebody else to be the father. And then they're dead. And now that gives her I don't know what's going on. It's a lot going on in there. That's a lot. Um, lastly, and I know this is a long uh, talk about this here at this point. No, you um, but the, the one piece that I it was a couple of pieces that was in there. But the one thing that I can't I just got a little mad about is you're a gospel artist. You say you love Jesus and you're doing this uh, under the auspices of Jesus. Now, you know, you can deal with the world stuff and everything, but ultimately you are saved. You know the Lord. My question is, he done called his doctor. He done called his therapist. and But he didn't call his pastor. He didn't oh. call nobody. And where oh. is, you know, he, he didn't call, he didn't call them at least to kind of allow them. Wow. In. I, don't know what's I ain't never think about that, Pastor Charles. He called all these people. And but the, didn't call a pastor. Didn't call. And he, he gave a whole lot of credence. And I got it that there's reconciliation. But man, look, I'm 54. He's 53. He's one year younger than me. Dude. You don't have the luxury of of, of 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 most of us who are regular people. We don't have the luxury of shutting down and 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 going off and all this other kind of stuff. Because we, man, we got a job to do. We got facts, things. Facts. 
You know, you may, and especially if you saved, you're supposed to somehow represent and say, you know what, even though I've gone through this, you know, I made it, you know, but man, dude, he's sitting here, he's still, he's still got issues going on. And I think those issues are something that he needs to, yeah, go to your psychologist, go to your, but you need to have them all slung on you or something. Cause I'm man, so you, need, you, need, you, need, you need, somebody ain't, somebody ain't helping him. That's good. I mean, I think sometimes pastors, we we can be sometimes starstruck or whatever. But uh, and maybe he didn't show that part or something. But he didn't show. He didn't show that he that 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 Jesus is helping him with this. He ain't showing that at all. He, all he is showing that he got flesh. That he's fleshly. He he is he he is just showing off, man. He's showing off. He's showing off. Whatever. We gotta get out of this mentality that we can just. Um, you know, we can uh, go off when we want to go off, and yeah. we can do. We can't, man. We don't have that luxury. That's oh, not Lord, a part of the Christian. I know he didn't enter the room. This is that's not a luxury I have. I don't. Have I don't to, either, because the nigga got to work. I'm gonna have I, to work. Listen, I, tribulation. You know, I listen through the trial. Through, right. And let, me like, you, what? And let me let me let me tell you something. You know, I realized I was conceived out of wedlock. My parents got got uh, married to to, to, to kind of save face in the in the late. 60s, 70s, they, but then they divorced. I mean, you know, I know, I know folks right now who are, who are in that same situation. They don't know who their father is, but they have made a decision to allow Jesus to come in and fill in the gaps. And they, they, they're successful doing well. And here's the, here's the worst part about it. I know folks that have both of them mama and daddy in the house. They won't fighting like cats and dogs, gave them a decent life, and they still crazy. So Back. I don't get it. I don't, I'm sorry. I don't understand that. And, and you know, and see, here's the thing. He's got fame and fortune. He's got the stuff. He's got cars. He riding in nice vehicles and got you know got security and everything got a wonderful wife children he's got even the other son you know he's, he's dealing with that I, you know and i'm just like listen dude did you peep his, who's did your you, pastor pastor charles did you peep him having the um his auntie and his mama sign the nda or sign the paperwork before he got the car yeah, I saw that, and that's exactly, if he's going to do that, and that's the law of the land of this season, he should have done that, because he know he can't trust them rascals. They'll sue him. He knew it. I don't blame him. I would have made him do it, too. But see, here's the other thing. If he knew his, his Aunt Sandra, here we go, likes to be called Aunt Sandra, you know, now he mad. See, now, well, Sandra. Man, I wish I would. I just don't do that. My, my, I have an aunt. I have a wonderful aunt. And well, I was gonna say I'm just mannerable like that. I would never call my aunties at their first name. See, but see, he, see, he's still trying to put a, a little bit of a wedge in there. They didn't mean nothing to him, or you, they would, they didn't, they didn't, or they didn't take, they didn't think of him to want to have him around. So, you know, why does he owe him, owe them, We're you know, all of like that? It. But, yeah. but here's the problem. Here's the problem. That's the flesh. That's how I feel. We have to go past how we feel and go to kingdom, go to what, what, what we do in the spirit. Now, if that's the relationship he's always had with her, that he didn't call her auntie, but she want to be called auntie, call her auntie. If you're going to have a relationship with her, call her auntie. Now, how about at the end of that? How about the end of the thing? The auntie was like, look, Deborah, go ahead and here's the DNA. But I just can't accept that. I'm like, what, what, what planet are you on? 
You don't have to accept it. The facts are here. The facts are here. I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm hollering like he was hollering. What? She lied to me again. <laughs> but the facts were there. Did y'all notice that? Those were the facts. 99.9% that he's a father. Jesus, Lord have mercy. And then she told me, I won't accept that. Okay, you know what? You don't have to accept that. But here's the thing. He don't have to accept you uh, in his life because you you are so selfish that you don't want to give him what he really needs. And then here's the thing. You know you're going to lose out with him too. No relationship. At least at the moment, we'll see what happens uh, in the next saga. But here's the last part. Here's the very last thing. Now he makes me want to buy his album. And guess what? That was the end result that he was looking for. God bless. <laughs> oh, yeah. Incredible marketing. Definitely made me want to buy the album. I ain't even going to cap out. So when I was watching the video, I started Googling the album, thinking the album was out, too. I said, oh, yeah, I definitely need to see this. But I see Pastor Jacob to end the conversation. Pastor Jacob, go ahead and check in with us. And then we was on our, you know, we was getting ready to get into news and hot topics and whatnot. But Pastor Charles had mentioned his father. So I asked him, how did he feel about Father's Day with Kurt Franklin? So I'm going to go ahead and throw it over to you and let you check in. I also want to ask you that same question. How you feel about uh, Kurt Franklin's Father's Day video? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I hope all is well uh, with all of you. Um... It is a wonderful 78 degrees here, and uh, I'm still alive and kicking. Um, how do I feel about Father's Day? I don't really feel any kind of way about it because um, um, I thought it was a wonderful presentation. Like, he, like Pastor Charles said, it did exactly what it was designed to do. Um, pull on the heartstrings of every person watching, uh, thereby getting a delegation behind Kirk Franklin when he releases this album and uh, going to put everybody in a place where they want to buy it so that they can, uh, he can make more money. Now, the whole Aunt Sandra thing, you know, people get real special when it comes to cameras, and they they get in front of them, and all of a sudden, they want to get real self righteous. Uh, you know, they, you gonna call me Aunt Sandra? Yeah, I get it, but I ain't been around you all my life, and I know you only because you know my crazy mama. And now all of a sudden you want to be called out and saying because I'm putting you on the camera. Okay, I'll play you game. That's the way I took it. I could be wrong. Um, but, yeah, people get real funny when it comes to a camera. And they lose their mind because they feel like they're about to get some national exposure. Because uh, you dealing with Kurt. And Kurt is national slash international. So, yeah. That was just her way of being who she is or whatever. But that's it. I think it's it, it's going to do 100% what Kirk wanted it to do. So you think it was just really for the marketing, like a, a PR set type of thing? Absolutely. Aww. Absolutely. Now, 
Understand something. Understand something. Kirk Franklin, I get it. My father, I didn't meet my father until I was 13 years old. When I met my father, uh, if he was breathing, he was lying. So. If 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 he if he if he was talking, he was lying. He made more promises to me as a little boy than you blink a day, and and none of them came to pass. So, um, yeah, it it is it is what it is, and and, and what kills me is I understand Kirk's desire to have his father, especially in his success, to know who your father is, to know, because it's in every boy that wants his father to say, son, I'm proud of you. Facts, facts. Words, those are words for a, for a child, for a son that are so... There are a lot of grown men that still searching for that. Absolutely. They're so life-changing. Uh, and as a father, myself as a spiritual father you'll be surprised the number of times where people uh just want to hear i'm proud of you facts you're doing a good job yeah that was amazing and they go they absolutely lose their cabeza because you said i'm proud of and I think that's one thing that he did point out to Pastor Jacob because he was talking about how a lot of people were talking about how he was so decorated as the best artist of this, the, who the made music with this person and that person. But yet, every still, every time he walks in, you know, a room, he always feels like the most insecure person because he never had that that you know attaboy from his father. And I think that was just so interesting because some a lot of people I think relate to that. They still, like, as much as they have, even these young cats in the street, they'll get all the guns, all the money, all of this, just to feel somewhat secure, but then feel still feel insecure because they never got that, I'm proud of you, from a dad, from a father. And I think that's so interesting, which is why even he had that problem with his son, and when he actually reconnected with his father, it helped him restore the relationship with even his son. I, I get that, and, and I'm going to say this. And Pastor Charles, you can help me because I know I know your family dynamic as well. Um, there had to be a point where um, there had to be a point where I came to grips with uh, the reality of my father, not the expectations I had for him. Mm. Um, okay. I, I will say I will say that I had a expectation of what my father was going to be. And I got disappointed because I didn't allow him to be him. I made him live in my expectation, not in his truth. And so my disappointment a lot of times came from the fact that even as a grown man, that with everything that I've accomplished, everything that I did, I was sitting there waiting on him to say, son, you are yada, 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 yada. But you can't give me definition at this point. As my grandmother used to say, as my grandmother used to say, you can't train a tree when it's grown. After after it's already there, 
you can't keep trying to, to give it um, the direction you want to give it. So that's good. I've never heard that. I'm gonna start using that. You can't train a tree while it's grown. Okay. I no, think when, when it's when it's grown. Imagine that. You know, you know how big a tree trunk is and everything. Right. When it, when a tree is in its grown state, you you really can't. Uh, the rat pit, you can't do anything. Yeah. Sometimes trees, when they're twigs, they're they're like, um, you know, they're bent and that kind of thing. So you gotta pull, you know, have it so it's pulled and everything like that, so that it'll straighten up. And then when it gets older and the trunk gets uh, thicker, it can stand up, you know, straight. You know, right. that's what that means. Yeah, it's really cool. But he said something that triggered me right there. That it's 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 really really hard because, you know, this this thing about fatherhood and that kind of thing. Uh, uh, my dad, and to be honest, my dad didn't necessarily get that um, that that kind of thing. You know, his thing sometimes was, "Why ain't you like your brother? Your big brother is he's and that big brother, you know, and enjoyed getting um, you know st strokes on the back and everything. He enjoyed yeah. that, and so he was he was he excelled in everything. My dad was a second kid, and he had to come under his his his. Uh, you know, come behind him, and he wasn't as good or whatever. He had he had great uh, a potential to do some stuff, but he wasn't my uncle, and yeah. and so that was a big deal. But I came behind them as a grandson, and I was that grandson that's like, oh, he's the perfect grandson. But but the problem was is that my dad, who really needed it, and I didn't know it until much later, my dad needed that, and so one time some big thing happened, and something went on, and I actually. I talked to my dad and I said, dad, listen, nothing that you could ever do will ever stop you from being my daddy. I'm always going to love you. I'm always going to be proud that I'm your son. So you don't ever worry about that. And I heard like a tremble in his voice for the first time uh, that like, you know, thank you. And he, you know, thank you. You know, he just gave me a good thank you. Now, again, you know, nobody's perfect. And I get it, all that kind of stuff. And I don't talk to my dad every single day, but he's mine. And, and I'm, I'm, I, he helped get me here. You know, there's so much stuff that's, you know, my dad is, 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 you know, he, I mean, I have, you know, I, I, I did a post about it, you know, that things weren't perfect. I got, but I got his name, his name. He has my dad's name. This name is a great name. You know, I could have been named oh, anything Frederick else. Reed. I loved man. I love my name. I love my name. And I'm thankful that God gave me my father to sire me you know um now what i did learn along the way is that the there were areas you? where huh the who you to sire you yeah that's he, that's what you you know yeah he's you know when somebody sires that's that's another way for you know he he gave the sperm anyway uh <laughs> but seriously the big the big piece of that for me and and i'm, I'm gonna get off of that is that um I'm alive. I'm alive in, in the areas where my dad maybe had deficits. He had deficits because because he there was deficits for him, you know, from him. Oh, he had deficits from his father. My grandfather's a wonderful man, but you know that was one of the things that that was there. You know, I guess that's how they did it back then. I don't know, but long as you <laughs> I don't know. You know, I ain't got nothing to do with that. I don't know. But but when when I when I had to go back and I had to, I gotten some counseling and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest with you I did get counseling from a Christian counselor and the one thing that they made me do 
was go into the concordance and look up all the scriptures that I could find on God as father. And so I had to write those scriptures out. I wrote those scriptures out. And then I had to put on another side of the paper on another sheet, um, because, you know, what does that mean to me? And write the scripture out that says, because God is my father, such and such and such like you know um talking about god being uh he's the father of us all you know that kind of thing and because i don't have to i don't have to want for anything because god is my father he promised that he would take care of me and let me tell you when i got that in my spirit there's nothing i don't need nothing else i'm good and I, my, my relationship with my fat father is fine he's like i said he's in his 80s and he, he knows that if he wants to live with me and he wants to come here and 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 like you know he's older aged or whatever and he just he needs to now be taken care of somewhat by me i'm gonna do it because you know because I, that's how much i love him and he you know like i said you know no dad is perfect nobody's perfect or whatever but listen i'm, I'm gonna make sure that i honor him I honor i'm gonna give he's honored he's you know he didn't he didn't know how to be honored sometimes but that's okay i know how to i know better and i'm gonna do what i'm supposed to do and i'm done god bless i mean hey it makes sense it do make sense and you're right because i mean i do the same with my father like he ain't always been around and always been there but we have a relationship and i'm gonna honor him y'all remember that um episode it was uh fresh prince of bel-air yeah with will and uncle phil yep i was just thinking yep. about that. will uncle phil they are his father comes back in town mm -hmm. and um his father is making all of the promises about you know taking him with him on the road and yeah yada yada and uh he's he's doing all of that and um that I was in Omaha, well, Bellevue, Nebraska at the time. And that episode triggered me to the point where I literally, my son had just been born. He was maybe two months old. And I was holding him during that episode. And it triggered me to the point where I went into a hysterical fit. And I called my dad and I was screaming at him and I was telling him, why didn't you asking him, why didn't you want me? What was wrong with me? Um, what, what, what did I do as a baby to cause you uh, not to want me? Yada, 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 yada. I went, I went in. When I say I went in, I went in. And um, the, the funny thing about the whole situation is that the whole time I'm asking the questions, he doesn't have answers because uh it was just a whole list of a larger list of things that happened during that time and so i found myself pastor charles i found myself carlos uh, pastor lewis i found myself uh getting to a place where i began to live for my children not live in my purpose because my my life was done a certain way that it made me feel like that everything had to be about my children and everything had to be this and everything because my daddy didn't give me that and my daddy didn't and while it was great i i missed out on a lot of things because i literally lived for them 
and lived through them, not lived in my purpose and what I was here for. And so, because I truly, because you understand, my dad's a pastor, my dad's a bishop. I didn't want to be nothing near a preacher, but I couldn't help it. I didn't want to be nowhere near a preacher. And then it turned out just like them. <laughs> well, they say that the thing that you're trying to avoid is the thing that you always become. Um, the person you're trying to avoid is the person that you end up being the most. So, um, yeah, to a point, like it. That's interesting, and you're right about that. Like, that's so right. I see Pastor Lewis that entered the room along with K. Nick, and I ain't heard uh, Pastor Lewis' voice in a long time. So, Pastor Lewis, go ahead and greet the room. And right now, we're just on the topic of the um, Kurt Franklin's Father's Day mini documentary. You know what I'm saying? And saying how we feel about that. Pastor Charles already pointed that the man called everybody else but a pastor. <laughs> pastor said he called a therapist, he called a doctor, he called everybody but a pastor. <laughs> And I think that was just such an interesting point. But Pastor Lewis, I definitely want to hear from you, man. Go ahead and wake it up for me. What's going on, everybody? Man, it's been, I mean, it feels like it's been forever since I've been in here with y'all. I came in the other day, but I could not um, speak. But I just wanted to, you know, let y'all know that I, I was thinking of y'all. And um, I, I had a little time to be in the room just to kind of listen a little bit. Um, but yeah, um... It's been amazing. It's been amazing. Um, you know, when when you're pioneering something, um, God, you sometimes you you don't really realize how much of your time it takes to um to to really do something the right way. Not right. not the fast way, but the right way. Um, somebody'll need that later on in life. But um, yeah, cuz I think a lot of times we just want to you know, we want something to be raised up so quickly that, you know, we, we fail to do some of the things so that it can remain in the earth rather than just, you know, saying I have something here. I want something that's going to remain. So um, been busy. I'm really, really excited about what God is doing. So um, with all of that being said, hey, I think, you know, um, it definitely sheds a lot of light the the you know the whole documentary um you know with kirk i think it sheds a lot of light on uh on fatherhood and you know what it really means to be a father because i really don't know that the world um has as much respect anymore um or as much honor anymore for fathers um as as we've already known we've gone down the list yeah, of yeah. Our, how far down on the list father's day is according to you know mother's day is celebrated um you know fathers you know it's kind of like oh thanks dad for being here and you know that's kind of it but um <clears throat> i just think that you know the the relationship between you know father and child is absolutely imperative um, and very important, um, I did some studies on, on, you know, what it means for the father to be in the home and, um, you know, just the, 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 the prevalence of a father, um, you know, and, um, we could go down that road. I think most people know, but, you know, there's a higher success rate of 
a father being in the child's life than it is for either a a single mom and or two parents being in the home um as long as that father present that father's presence is there um i forget what the stats are but um um but it, you know when a father reads to a child that child excels um at at a at a higher uh capacity educationally um you know so there's a whole lot of things that happen but back to the point um i think that that it just shed a lot of light on the importance of the voice of a father um the need for fathers and um you know i i thank god for my father um who actually was my grandfather um who who raised me um and taught me everything that i know um i didn't really have a chance to um, be with my biological father um because of the lifestyle that he chose and um my mother um actually left the city that they were in and he really didn't even know that she was pregnant until a little later on and um you know, I, I tried to be mad at him for like not reaching out or, you know, whatever the case might be. But, you know, um, my wife said something the other day um, that 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 kind of spoke to that area. You know, she just said, hey, you have to, you know, be willing to accept what the Lord allows, um, you know, and, and he ordained it to be this way because, you know, I'm I'm. Now, of course, God can do anything, right? But of course, you know, I got K. Nick in the room and some scholars like, like, uh, you know, Apostle Jacob and 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 um, Bishop Elect, Overseer uh, Charles. Designate. Bishop Designate. Thank you. Thank you for that. For that uh, beautiful question, Bishop <laughs> um, Designate. But um, but you know, the crazy part is, is that um, you know, atmosphere and um, proximity will, of course, um, influence how you turn out. And so, um, my my biological father was one of the biggest drug dealers in in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So, so you know, um, it would have been difficult for me to escape that lifestyle if my mother had not have left um, with me in in her womb. Um, you know, because all of his family members, like that was just, that was the family business, right? And so, um, you know. And you got his name? And, and and I have his whole name. So I guess I was, um, you know, designated to, to um, bring righteousness back to the, to the, to the name of Dudley. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't make Golly. you a joke, he had to make you a second. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, yeah, so, you know, but in any event, um, God bless it all. But yeah, so I, I, I just think that, I think it was great. I think it was great. And I think that, um, I love what Pastor Charles said about going to counseling and not going to pastoral counseling because that's a, that's a different boat. Um, it's a different lens and a different lane and not all the time are past and i'm i'm gonna be the first to say it because i have a master's degree in marriage family therapy hello now, I was just gonna ask you about the way that process will look like as a family <laughs> so um you know the thing is 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 that not all the time do pa pastors have great spiritual insight and and i'm all for that however there are aspects of therapy and the therapeutic process that pastors do not have 
the capacity to um, to administer. And so there there will be some things that will be missed. Um, and of course, pastors like to over talk a whole lot of stuff. And then, you know, Tell the truth. Um, and then and then, you know, they want to tell you about their experience. When you go to counseling sessions, counselors never talk about their own stuff and what they got going on. And they don't they don't try to you know, empathize with you in a yeah. way where it's like, oh, yeah, well, I went through that, too. And, you know, blah, blah. No, they just let you talk. And they and and they 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 allow you to walk yourself through, and then they'll say you know things like you know one thing I think about when you said such and such is you know explore that a little more. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Um, but in any event, um, you know I just think that that um that that's amazing, and so I'm an advocate for both. Um, I think that you know just as much as we need you know that spiritual counseling, I think that you know we also need that professional counseling um unless that pastor has gone to you know some type of schooling and had some um you know some education on how to properly pastor uh counsel pastorally or they've had you know great mentors that would be able to teach them like hey you know they're not looking for your experience they're not looking for um what you went through um other than hey listen you know god can bring you out you know um but i just think that you know even in in my own pastoral counseling experiences where i've gone to pastoral counseling it's like doc you done you done talk more this 45 minute session than i did but in any event i'll leave, I'll leave it alone. but um yeah i love y'all um i miss y'all and uh i'll be around that was so good good morning y'all <laughs> somebody want to jump in right there while i check in real quick Hey, everybody, I will. I watched Kurt Franklin twice. First, I cried for him, and then I cried for my own son. (laughs) Uh, Just for the the part, he knew his dad, but he didn't know his dad. Uh, That part right there. Um, uh, And then... Before his father died, they had started building a relationship to uh, get to know each other. So, but I thought at one point, Pastor Charles, he did say, uh, I thought he mentioned some pastor. I can't remember his name. So, I don't know. Had to go watch it again, because even parts I'm crying. But I understand the part about Aunt Sandra. She wanted to be acknowledged as his aunt. She wants him to acknowledge her. I think for selfish reasons. But I also thought he said he hadn't talked to his mama in what? Did he say 23 years or yeah. three years? 23 years. 
he ain't talked to his mama in 23 years. So when was the last time he talked to Aunt Sandra? Hmm. So, you know, if he didn't have nothing to do with his mama, he probably didn't have nothing to do with his aunt either. He just kept their numbers. Um, and I also thought that he said he started the song before all of his album before all of this broke out. So, but anyway, go. I always like her. You know, I accepted him for who he was. You know, we all want to be accepted. You know, you you gonna? I look at this. I got flaws y'all don't even know about, but y'all accept me, and I'm just a picture on the app. So. Uh, my heart just just broke for him, broke for him. Um, I think it broke for a lot of people, not only males but females too. So it it, it woke up a lot of unanswered questions. But uh, I can't wait for it to come out next month because I sure am. Gonna buy it through my Amazon music. Okay. I don't know how uh thank and thank you so much, Mama Lane, for jumping in. I finally got, you know, in the office. Um, but yeah, I don't know how I feel though about it necessarily like like I love the transparency in it, but I kind of feel some type of way about him kind of using it for marketing. Like I love the transparency of him being honest about it and whatnot. But I think like I don't know, it's kinda like exploiting yourself like right like <laughs> okay so this is the way i look at it for him everybody love to talk about kirk franklin yeah everybody love to talk about his flaws yeah what better way to get a jump up just think about when that went viral about him and his son his son His son put it out there. So what better way to do it than for me to put it out there? I'd rather put it out there before somebody else put it out there. So, hey, and most people look at it as marketing too. I don't know. I don't know what his motives was. I'm just glad he did it. I'm, I'm not looking for any motives behind it or anything like that. I'm glad. He finally got to find his biological father. And I pray that him, his father, and Kurt's sons build a stronger uh, relationship as men, as men, as men. That's all I ask. So they can be better men to go out and help other men. So I don't know. I don't look at it. I guess I look at it in a different light, and it's just my light. So I'm not trying to convince nobody. It's just my thoughts, my feelings. All right. I put I put it in the chat now. If first of all, my aunts that I have, uh, those that wanted to be called aunt such and such or whoever, they are still that to me. And some I have actually, you know, gotten older and even given more respect. I call them auntie so-and-so or whatever, because they're actually my blood aunts. They're either my mom's 
my mom's siblings or my dad's. You know, my dad only has a short, um, has a very short list. Um, I have one aunt that's left, and she's my favorite aunt. Because when I was going through, uh, when my mom died, the next year I got married, and I had her as my, um, as the, represent the mother of the groom. So there's a relationship there that's even to this day. You know, when I, if I go to, go to visit, I'll go visit her. I'll make, try to make sure I make it my business. If I'm on the East Coast and I'm, you know, we're near her, I'm going to make sure that I'm there. I'm going to tell her I'm coming. Um, my point is, is that that's, 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 when you've had that, had someone in your life that long, they, they earn that right. You know what I'm saying? And so that was the whole thing right there for me. Um, and again, uh, I agree with uh, Pastor Lewis. Listen, if I hadn't learned from going to classes concerning counseling, I'm in, I'm in a counseling course now. Um, there's a whole lot more listening that you than, than that there is talking. When you hit something, though, you got to go back to it and say, so I saw such and such happen when you were discussing such and such. I kind of felt a little something. So explore that. Let's talk about that. Let's open that up a little bit more, you know, and then let them talk. Because most of the time, that's what they need to do is most people just need to talk. And then you give your your answer because but the problem is when you you want to prophesy you listen I made it so you can make it too okay that's nice it feels good but it's not you're not me right now right now I just need your guidance in this particular area I need you to listen to me or allow me to pour yeah allow me to let me let it out because some of the stuff we've kept it in and most of us some of us as men probably women do I'm sure women do it too. But as men, we keep a lot of things internal. You know, we don't, we just, you know, especially if you're a man at all, you don't care what your, your orientation, I don't care about none of that. That's not, the, that's not the issue right now. But what the biggest piece is, is that if you are a male, there is this thing that, you know, especially if you're going to take care and handle business, you, that is something that you innately want to do. You want your business taken care of. You want to be the person that handles their business. The last thing we need, and don't be a black man. Oh my God, you know, that, that's even greater because, you know, it's already been said that most of our, our brothers are in jail, you know, and they want us to believe that, that there are a lot of people in jail. Please understand, but everybody ain't in jail. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everybody ain't a drug dealer and everybody ain't promis promiscuous. Yeah. Everybody wasn't scattering seed amongst the amongst the sistering. Everybody won't everybody won't doing that. So my point is, is that it's the quiet brothers that, that sometimes get the short end of the stick because we're not everybody sometimes we're just not being that aggressive or whatever. But I enjoyed and I enjoyed hearing his father say, listen, at the speed that you want to go into for us to be able to have a relationship, yeah. that's yeah. the speed we're going. I don't want, and he was basically saying to him, I don't want nothing you got. I have my own. I ain't, I'm not sitting here hurting and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not now all of a sudden uh, uh, um, starstruck that my son is, turns out to be Kirk Franklin. We're not going <laughs> there. You know, right. that's what he said. That's what he, and, and you know what, and that's what Kirk, he needed that. Yeah. He needed that, but he also needed the acknowledgement of his mother to be able to say, you know what? because yeah. she's trying to she's trying to keep control uh, there's some some monogam of control that she's trying to keep I mean um, did you see that by the Pastor Lewis did you see it I'm not sure if he's even able to answer 
but I was kind of looking at it from the standpoint of just kind of clinically. I said, there's some kind of control, this kind of a control mechanism there. And she's almost saying like, you know, because she said that it was, uh, that she don't accept it. It's not true. And it's like, I'm sorry, darling, but uh, uh, we didn't put you on Mari Povich. She's just delusional. Cause that's, that's how that was. She was just delusional. But Pastor Charles, here's another thing that, well, no, finish what you were saying real quick. No, that was, that was it. That was it. Okay. So, yeah, I think it was just delusional. And I think it's something that, you know, um, we have to start waking up in, I think, black culture. Because I don't think it's just delusion based off, you know, she don't want it to be that man. But it's the fact of her and her process, she wasn't ready to accept that for her son. Like, I, I think it was more so about, you know, her being, like you said earlier, her being selfish, but her not really wanting to lose him. And, you know, thinking that, you know, by him gaining his father or realizing that, hey, this father, this this man was down the street and in my life, that it was probably, it would probably create more problems than it actually was solved, which is why I think she was so delusional about it. it for her, it didn't seem like a solution to her and Kurt Franklin's relationship. It seemed like something that would probably come in and create more problems, which it ultimately did anyway. But I think she kept, you know, she was being delusional about it because she wanted to prevent that. She wanted, you know, to be closer. But the thing that would have brought them closer is the very thing that actually, you know, took them apart. Because like you said, she was delusional about it. But I want to switch topics really quickly, though, because, you know, we got three things that we got to talk about before the weekend is rewind is up. And I need to know how y'all feel for real about two things. It's two things that I seen this weekend that I, I really want to dissect. Number one, Pastor Charles, you might you might laugh, you might holler, you might kick me. I don't know, but Pastor Charles, number one is a Yana Van Zant laying hands. It is apostolic affirmation. Pastor Jacob, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I just seen the picture and I reposted it on the page just so everybody else can see it. Uh, uh, um, 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 she just laying hands at an apostolic affirmation. And I don't know nothing about the lady. I done heard her speak at Essence Festival one time and she spoke on Soul Sunday because, you know, Essence Festival is normally three, four day weekend type of thing. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and of course, Sunday, Sunday, even this Sunday, they had Jamal uh, this year. I think they had like Jamal Bryant, you know, speak on Sunday and stuff like that. And one year she even spoke on Sunday. But uh, I don't know if she if she was believing in God, God or something. I don't know. I know a lot of people on the Internet was mad and said that she was like a, a Oshin shaman and she's a, all this other stuff. And I don't know, cause I ain't look it up. Is there a preacher database database or record that we could look up to see what affiliation she belonged to? Because truth is people was mad at it. And I ain't really, I, Pastor Jacob, I'm sorry. I just could, I mean, hey, if she, listen, I didn't seen worse people lay hands. Let me put it like that. I didn't seen worse people lay hands. So if she got some money and she got a little anointing on love, if I, I want my for Miss Fix my life to, to lay hands on me because maybe my life gonna get fixed. Maybe she gonna impart into me the ability to fix other people's lives. I, I, maybe that's just what that is. But um, I don't know, Pastor Charles. Why <laughs> you gotta make your face, Pastor Charles? What is wrong with her laying hands? Like, can somebody help me? Like, what's wrong? Okay. I I'll take that impartation. If Oprah wanna lay hands on me, I'm gonna let Oprah lay hands. Bishop Jake's let Tyler Perry lay hands on him. And let's see right there. I don't think he let him. I think he he got surprised. 
he just received it. <laughs> uh, he did, yeah, I think it was kind of a thing where he could have easily jumped from under his hand and done it, but but it would have just been it would have been awkward, and so he he dealt with it. But see, that's the problem. Just because you have fame and fortune, and just because you're on the 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 the, the girl the girls show. Uh, uh, April, I mean, Oprah Winfrey, just because you on that, you just because you're there doesn't necessarily meet, give you credence in the in the realms of the spirit or not in terms of for God. Um, and, and so we got to be careful. She has already declared that she is uh, whatever this Yoruba priestess. I guess it's some kind of African thing. But my understanding is that what I know about it, I don't, uh, what I know about it, you maybe could put on a head of a pen, but the, the research and little bit that I did find out it's not a uh, a godly thing. In fact, it's, it's, it's other otherworldly from the enemy, the devil stuff. Um, uh, according, to, according to what was said to her, so Yoruba priestess is what they said. And what she says that she's a part of. So this is not something that somebody else said. It's something that she says. The other thing, I don't know if you did a, a, a close-up on that picture. I don't know if you did. You saw her, her, um, what is, Lord, what is that thing called? It's the, um, it's not a chasuble. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's like the thing you go put around your neck. But Lord, I'm going to have to learn this material. I got to learn it. Um, but it's that, it's like that, uh, that particular piece that you put around your neck. No, it's not the ephod. Not no, it's not the ephod. Hold on a second. Let me tell you. Hold on. Let's Dr. see. Baker, what is called? I know you know. Um, Lord, hold on. I'm gonna tell you what it is in a minute. Uh, oh man, praise the Lord. Because I was just looking it up. Oh, it's called the tippet. It's the oh, tippet. Tippet. Okay. What goes around the neck? That part is a tippet, and usually you put patches on it of who who you who you're with or whatever. Long and short of it, on her tippet is is one is that all-seeing eye thing if you if you pull it up if you got it close it's an all-seeing eye piece on there all i'm saying is absolutely oh. all i'm saying is absolutely not i and i'm i'm very terrible when it comes to that kind of stuff. my wife my wife will tell you oh my gosh i mean if I, the symbols and occultic symbols and stuff like that i i can see it almost a mile away if i can if i can get close enough to it my problem is is that I know she is who she says she is, but when it comes to the things of God, and we don't know, it'd be just like you call it, you know, we just know. That's Charles, and so he, he wouldn't let Oprah lay her hands on you? Um, no, she could lay her hands on my on my shoulder, maybe, but not on my head. She, why? She's going to be imparting in you a mindset of millions. No, no. <laughs> there. The, the, listen, the head is, that is a very, very cherished place. That is a place that only that those who are in that. And listen, I, I get it. There's other folks who ain't. They they hardly say, and their hands is dirty. And they just got up out of the bed and 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 with somebody with a hole just a minute ago, and here they come laying hands. I'm. I, I get it. I get it. No one's. There's none righteous. No, not one. I get it. But there is a placement of in the spirit, even where when you have people who have been anointed and that are in that area who have been prayed for in this area, that they would be those that would lay hands on others in that way. You want as much as possible. That's the goal: is to have that that place of purity, not mixture. And that's what that is. It's mixture. All right, I'm done. Okay, Pastor Jacob, I need you to help me out. What's wrong with a, what's wrong with Ayana laying hands? Cause I ain't seen that wrong with. It. But now Pastor Charles pointed out saying he, she had to all see her eye on them. I ain't even pay no attention to that, Pastor Charles. 
I ain't paying no attention to it. And I ain't know that she publicly declared that she was a um uh what you call it? A, a Yoruba priestess. Yeah, I ain't know them. I ain't know she ever declared that. But Yoruba priestesses don't believe in God? They don't believe in Jesus? I you just need to do your own research, but my understanding is that it's not uh it's not it's not when I say Christian, it's not um, you know, where it, it's not it's not that. It's it's other it's it's the other side. God bless. <laughs> the Yoruba Grand Priestess. I'm gonna have to look this up later on and research it. Okay, well here's another thing that I also want to, you know, discuss and bring up real quick. Brian Khan explained himself. And Pastor Charles, I don't know if you've seen the video, but he explained himself. And I think that he's still making sense. I don't know, some people still argue with him, I guess. But I, like when he originally said it, I told y'all I agree with him and I kind of was on his side. But y'all argued me up and down and told me he was wrong. So I, you know, I just looked at it and accepted him being wrong. But then he came I out didn't. and explained. Yeah, I you didn't. Didn't. <laughs> Look, I was just saying, no, nah, you didn't. But there was some folks that came out and said, oh, no, he wrong for that. He needs to read the Bible. Da, 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 da. And I think he did a very good job of explaining himself. I'm going to play the clip real quick so y'all can hear him explaining. But then, you know what I'm saying? I think that it's true. And we got to stop preaching this hell thing to some people. Maybe I'm wrong, but hold on. Let me play it real quick. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. My earbuds. Without clarity. I'm going to say something folk won't say. You, you you can go to hell, but it can't be for sin. Because Jesus paid the price for sin. That's the original video. Come on over here under the new covenant law, new covenant grace. A Muslim, a Buddhist, who doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, doesn't lie, cheat, or steal, doesn't dip cusses you or hang with them to do. If he dies, where's that Muslim going? We believe you're going to hell. Why? because you didn't accept Jesus. None of their works make them righteous. Well, if none of your works make you righteous, none of your works make you unrighteous. I am righteous because of what Jesus did. Jesus went to Calvary and said, it is finished. He paid the bill, he paid the tab. Uh -huh. The sin issue is dealt with. Mm -hmm. You are not going to heaven because you don't accept Jesus. He's the way, he's the truth, and he's the light. Now, Again, it's very hard for some of you who say, well, I don't believe that. But you have to believe it because you sin. Yeah, oh, you lie. You cheat. You steal. You mm -hmm. gossip. You bad. That matter of fact, you just in somebody's comments talking about me. So I don't <laughs> believe that your works don't make you go to hell because according to your work of gossip, that's what you should be mm -hmm. in hell. But thank God for grace. <laughs> I love Prophet Card. So, Pastor Charles, Bishop Jacob, like, how you like, come on now. Did he not, he cleaned it up real nice, too. Bishop JY, he, anybody? He, he done it. I, I, I'm, I'm all right with him. I mean, on that, you know, <laughs> on that. This is I'm, one time where I can say Brian Carn actually had some type of real revelation. I'm so weak, dog. <laughs> Why did I do that? <laughs> I mean, when it comes to when it comes to prophecy, I can't argue with Brian. Uh, when it comes to preaching, most of the time I can. Uh, the the but if you really read your scripture, it's like you getting a receipt for something you paid for in the store. Then as soon as you get to the to the door, they arrest you for taking out what you've already paid for. 
Well, if it's paid for, why do we keep putting people in bondage behind what's already paid for? Yeah, yeah. So, so in reality and in truth, sin, Old Testament understanding of sin, does not send you to hell. But the Bible helps us to understand that if you deny God before men, he'll deny you before his father. If you deny Jesus before men, he'll deny you before his father. So if you understand that, ladies and gentlemen, what is the definition of denial? And how do we get to the point where he says, depart from me, you work of iniquity, I don't know. Yeah. So if we want to answer that question, I'll, I'll, I'll pose the question, and then I'll, if, if you want me to, I'll answer it on the back end. I thought denial was that was that river in the in in the not to, never mind. Not denial. <laughs> not denial. <laughs> denial. <laughs> that was nice, Pastor. I I know what I said. Denial. Denial. That's what he said. That's what he said. D now and not the now. <laughs> Look to put yourself in the audience. <laughs> that's what that's what I get, I guess. <laughs> but I think that's interesting though, because we've all we've always preached that rhetoric in church, though. We've always preached that tone in church that you're going to hell for this, that you're going to hell for this. Like we preach in church that our works can send us to hell, but then we we also say that our works can get, a, get us into heaven, which is why I think this was an interesting plight that a lot of people said. But that's why I said I didn't disagree with him originally because that's the whole problem that a lot of people keep having with Christianity. If Jesus died on the cross for our sin, then why y'all keep still sending us to hell? <laughs> like- Now understand something understand something it's like a relationship this is and this is where most people get their christianity backwards you're not living to not sin you're living not to offend the one you love you're not walking around trying to jump from okay i can't do this i can't do that the bible's a book of rules i can't do this i can't do that if you're doing that, you don't have a relationship with God. You have a a uh, job, a contract, right? Responsibility. The the Bible becomes a bill, and I'm not talking about a bill of rights. I'm talking about a bill that comes due every month. How many sins did you do this month? Yeah. If you understand that, if you understand that the relationship with Jesus Christ puts you in a position where here is somebody who made the first step. He made the first step to you. He says, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to show you that I love you by dying, right? I want to see how you're going to respond to me dying for you when most people won't even live for you. I want to see because truth be told, you can you can preach to people, Pastor Charles, until your 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 bones ache, hmm. until until life falls out of your body. And the moment 
you die, they'll look for another pastor the next week. Facts. You you prayed over their children. You when they when the children or their, their cousin and the people who don't even go to your church and their family die, they want you at the funeral. You don't even know them. <laughs> I'm so serious. I'm so serious. They they'll they'll expect you to come to, to basketball games because the daddy ain't there. So they want the pastor to show the baby having a basketball game, the baby having a football game. People <laughs> love for you to be there. So so would my children love for me to be at theirs. Facts. <laughs> There's expectations. And then the moment the moment you do something that that they don't like, they're gone. Yeah. But here's the thing. Jesus says, I'm going to make the ultimate first move. You can't say that I didn't show you my love and I didn't prove my love to you. I died. Now, now that I died for you, how will you live for me? Mm. I'm not requiring the, the responsibility of reciprocation, a death for a death. I'm saying I'll die so you can live. That's good. How are you going to live for me in a way that that makes everybody watching you know you're living for me? I was talking to Pastor Charles, and I said it's it's like this. JY, I'm gonna get in trouble when I say this because three people ain't gonna like it. It's like the death of Jesus Christ opened the door for your cell. He opened the door, the thin door, to your cell called sin. And you stayed in there even though you were free. Mm. The more sin you were in, the more doors he had to open to get you out. And so he paid the penalty. And instead of coming out of the cell, this is why they call it your walk with God. Because your walk with God will lead you out of the cells that you're currently in. So if you realize that, if you understand that, and don't be putting this on replay, Prophet. If you understand that, then what you need to understand is my walk with God is not just to lead me into wealth and prosperity and happiness and joy. My walk with God, first off, leads me out of the, the jail and the prisons of sin, shame, degradation, and hell. Mm. Okay. That's good. Okay. Sin, degradation and hell. Don't go on mute now. You not ready. I'm finna look over what degradation post to me. Oh Lord. <laughs> Define it by the root. Sin degrades you. Yeah. You're right. Degradation. Degrade. Degradation. Degrade in the process of. I was um, joking, Jacob. I know okay, what that means. <laughs> oh, Maurice, you know you don't have a vocabulary, so don't play with it. Right. Don't act like I don't know who you are. Okay. And so, <laughs> so, no, I think a lot of times what happens is we miss out on the truth of his deliverance and freedom 
because we're caught up on the rules of church and people. Yeah, yeah. That's true. And most of us have never had a relationship with God. You had a relationship with your pastor and what your pastor taught. Mm. Well, Pastor, that's the only thing I know. That's the only way I know to get it. That's because you don't you don't make a what's funny is you will make an effort for your job, but you won't make an effort for your heavenly home. Mm. You'll make an effort to make sure you know everything there is to know about your position, but you won't make an effort to ensure that your eternal position is secure. So it is imperative, it is imperative that we put out here in the atmosphere that the Father we serve, the God we serve, the way that I deny him is to say that his, or to do what the Pope did, say that the work of Jesus Christ failed Mm. because I'm still in sin, because I'm still dealing with the sin, I'm still dealing with the nature. Listen, sin has its own reward. As a matter of fact, every single time you do sin, you get paid by it. It keeps perfect. Oh, God. Whenever you clock in, it always makes sure that it it clocks all of your hours. (laughs) That's why the wages of sin is death. Because it clocks your hours. And it's going to pay you after a while. God does not have to pay you for sin. Sin pays its own bills. Y'all don't like this type of stuff. (laughs) But most people just see that as consequence. What's the difference between consequence and payment? Nothing to me. Exactly. (laughs) You work, the consequences you get paid. Facts. Consequence is not positive or negative. It's just the response. It's just the result. That's all the word means. I have a question. Um, I'm really bothered by what he said because I feel like it's a really, really slippery slope. And it makes me really think about even in the book of Revelations when Jesus was speaking to the church, right? The church he was speaking to in 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 Revelations two and in three, all you know, the seven churches, and where he was even telling one church that he would remove the lampstand from them because of them operating out of without without operating love. There there was a loveless church, so but they all knew who he was, right? They all had they all had accepted him and and Jesus and this that and the other because this is the foretelling but they all were told that they would not make it to God pretty much gave them a chance to get it, get it right. So I'm still confused. It, even though I have a relationship with them means I still can miss out. or I have a familiarity with them or something acceptance of them. I can still miss out um, in heaven. Am I right? I just want to make sure I'm correct because we're telling everybody in the, in the church to, to live right. We're telling people that are, uh, uh, hold on. Hold on one second. Hold on. Let me order this food for my wife. Hold on. I was trying to let him finish his question. Yeah. But I think he just... 
Yeah, he was, he was getting to a good point because I ain't gonna cap. It does say that in Revelations too, like all sinners, harmonies, and something like that was still gonna be tossed in a lake of fire. So how does that? Hmm, that makes a good point, Jimmy. Hold on, come on back with that. What y'all ordering to eat? Bring me some. I'm at work. I figure out that this church got a microwave. Pastor Charles, y'all got a microwave in y'all church? Yes, sir. I got, yes, sir. There is one microwave in the church. Okay, well, you must be ordering food over there, too. You know what? Fine. I'll just go warm up my meal prep at the church kitchen. No, I'm, 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 I'm driving. I got an appointment this morning. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I, I think, I almost think that we're almost saying the same things, but we're just approaching it from uh, a couple of different ways. I think maybe I'd rather approach it from the place of God is not looking to see how many people he can send to hell, but that through his love and through what he has done. I mean, most people try to consider to, it like that, Pastor Charles. It's just most people yeah, also consider the sin aspect or what the scriptures say. You know, we always hold it to what the scriptures say. So I think when it really comes down to it, it's literally because JY is asking more so what the Bible say. But I mean, if us who know God's heart, we already feel like God is in a rush to send anybody to hell. But at the same time, scripture also tells us that, hey, certain people going to hell, period. Also, now I know people even say, I mean, I, I'm not at home right now. I got a bunch of notes about this because I had talked with someone about you know how um, people are trying to erase, eradicate what sin is, and this and that and the other, and they're trying to say this like an old testimony. I mean, <laughs> old, old testament, um, you know, uh, principle. Uh, even though you know, you mentioned when Jesus told the, the individual to go and sin no more. You know, so and that's that's Jesus speaking. So my thing is, this, it's a very very slippery slope um, when we say stuff like this. Because, you know, we're in the pulpits and we're yelling at people about living the wrong life and saying this and that and the other about this and um, getting on people that are homosexual and they can't be this way because of being this way or this, that and the other. Then, like, we need to erase all of our theology if this is true. And then truth and then the whole Bible after Jesus death, burial and resurrection. Okay. Uh, uh, yes, 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 yes. Um, okay. Um, they let it repeat your order out on that wheel. Then we need to just literally all Paul's journey is pretty much about getting people saved and accepting Christ. Thank you. Not, not, okay. you know, a whole new lifestyle of living and how you're supposed to operate in the fact of being uh, a Christ follower. I think this is really, 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 um, Really scary. And um, I don't think he's giving people. First of all, tell Prophet Deborah I said what's good. She can hear you. Oh, what's good? good morning, How you doing, Prophet Deborah? Good morning, Prophet. How are you? I'm well. I'm fantastic. But no, I don't think he's necessarily giving us a license to sin, and like if, if that's what we're saying. But at the same time, I think he's also just approaching it from a different perspective because we have beat people across the head with the Bible and said, hey, you got to live right because of this, 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 is this, or else your consequence is going to be to go to hell. However, I think he's trying to introduce it now to a 
a point of no, you have to live right because it's it's correct, it's scripturally correct, it's morally correct. But at the same time, if you don't, that doesn't mean you're necessarily going to hell because if you confess God, if you believe in God, if you believe in Jesus, guess what? He's still gonna love you like a father loves a child, period. And even though you do wrong, you may face a consequence, but that doesn't mean you're going to be uh completely uh thrown away, condemned and tossed to the side. Go ahead, Deborah. I got a question. Um, Debbie, I can get us there. They can't hear it. Just um, go ahead. Just tell your question. So I, I, I got a question. My question is this. Uh, I get it. We keep talking about hell, right? And beating people across the head about how they live and this, that, and the third thing. But this is my thing. For some of us, the hellfire and damnation preaching worked. Yeah. And yeah. for some of us, hell is not actually after death. You can have yeah. hell on earth because of the decisions that you make and the things that you do that people are telling you your life is out of line with the scriptures. That's why yeah. so many men walking around with children by women that they wish they wouldn't have never had kids with because they fornicated. And people tell you, you know, fornicating is sin, this, that, and the third thing. That's why so many people walking around with all of these uh, bastard children. You know what I'm saying? Because that is hell for yeah. a child to grow up and not know who they belong to or what they belong to, yeah. right? And then you have all of these women jump into relationships, being abused, going through all of this stuff because they're unevenly yoked. That's hell. You have people who are um, who see like uh, other different things, you know what I'm saying, that, that, that put people in hell right here on earth. Yeah. So my thing is this. I, I For me, I don't care what revelation people get. I'm always going to preach the uncompromisable word of God at the end of the day, you know, get right or get left. That's how I came. That's what helped me. And this is the thing that we need to realize. There are more people in the earth like me and there's people in the earth like you. You got to go preach to the remnant. You call to, I have to preach to the remnant. I'm called to, I have to preach with the conviction that I live in. Sometimes we like to talk stuff that we don't live in for real. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And I oh, think that's where a lot of people get caught up. And then my thing is how he's trying to flip stuff to sin. But Byron Carr, I don't like him first off because he's a big <laughs> conundrum to me. He already <laughs> got in. He's already been in heated debates with sleeping with people's wives. Yeah, you gonna come and say sin ain't gonna send you to hell because you sin. <laughs> you didn't slept with somebody's wife. You didn't spoke divination by repeating what some um going all the way back to what some soothsayer said, and you trying to put it across a pulpit like this is the unadulterated word of God. Yeah, I expect you to say that. So sometimes you gotta look at who's saying what. Facts. <laughs> I'm sorry, sir, but I cannot take you seriously. Facts. You okay. At the end of, at the end of the day, if you don't live right, if you don't die and go to hell, you gonna live in hell on earth. Facts. Period. <laughs> Never said, of course you're gonna say you ain't going to hell. You just got done sleeping with somebody's wife. <laughs> oh, I'm screaming. Jump in, Pastor Jacob. Go for it. <laughs> to answer your question, I'll answer your question like this. Um, JY, can you unmute your mic for a minute? I have a I have a a, a way of talking to you for a minute. Yes, sir. How um, would, would, would you uh, go out and sleep with another man while you're married to Deborah? Um, I want to sleep with another man regardless. 
<laughs> you better not. <laughs> it makes no sense to you, right? Not at all. Hey, would you sleep with another woman while you're married to Deborah? No, I will not. You better say no. You're sitting right there. I'm not trying to go to hell. I'm not trying to go to hell. Figure out if I'm going to hell or heaven right now, anyway. <laughs> so listen, listen. The reason why we are trying to help you to understand that the penalty is not in the sin is because when we talk about the relationship we have with God, and no one needed to tell you that if you're married to Deborah, going out and sleeping with somebody else was wrong. Right. Because your commitment to her, your with you being in love with her, it stops you from doing certain things. It no longer, the appetites you used to have, you no longer should have because how, of how much in love with her you are. So that's what relationship with Jesus is supposed to be like. And my job is to bring you to a place where your relationship with the divine makes doing things that would hurt him uh, a a... a a conundrum uh, as as Deborah used. It, it's it's like oh my god it is it is completely something i would never do because it literally hurts the person i love i want you to love him so much that sin hurts you as much as it hurts him and what is sin sin is missing the mark Sin is offending the one you love. It is an offense to the divine. We made sin, watch this, we made sin legal, which is why in church it's become wrong because it's become legal. The sin it, that we, we preach about is not legalistic unless you are by the letter. If you are a letter preacher, then yes, legalism is what you're looking at. So sin breaks the contract and it literally puts you in a place where you have to deal with the penalty of the contract. But when you've moved from where it was legal, which is why Jesus said, I didn't come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill it. When you move from the legal contract of an Old Testament understanding of sin, and you move into the New Testament understanding of grace, mercy, and Jesus, that Jesus died for the penalty of, you now move from it being a contract to being an offense to the one you're in love with, the one that died for you. Do you realize that the moment Deborah said yes, she killed the Deborah she allowed the Deborah that was before you, that was pre-JY, pre-James to die. She yes, killed sir. that aspect of herself so that when she said, I love you, it was seen because she gave herself only to you. So she did a selfless suicide. It was a selfless, if you will, suicide because <laughs> the person she was before you is no longer. She's not out here on ChristianMingle.com. She's not <laughs> out here on Facebook uh, dating sites. She's not out here trying to find another man because that person that she was is no longer alive.
which is why if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away and behold, all things become new. You're a new person. You're not living under the sin debt that you used to live in. That's and Dr. The Jacob. Of, of the truth of, of grace and mercy and the relationship that Jesus gives us with his sacrifice. Dr. Jacob, that's good teaching, but that ain't, that ain't what that joker said. <laughs> I'm from, from, from Jacob Hobson. I ain't talking about Brian Kahn. Brian Kahn is, is Brian Kahn. Yeah. Okay. I get it. But I'm saying that's good. That's good foundational teaching. That ain't what that joker said. And the thing of it is, it goes out to the masses because he has a platform. Then you have people thinking that they can live however they want to. And what does what it does is that it infiltrates and fall down to the smaller churches. Now you got people infiltrating your church where you got to reteach and unteach these people, things oh, yeah. that they heard from these people that are followed on these big platforms. And this yeah. is what I am against. I am against people with big platforms getting on there and just saying whatever it is that they want to say. Then it trickle down to us who are faithful over the few. You know what I mean? And we got to yeah. unteach them. That's why I said that ain't what that joker said. He didn't say that. He but that's why he cleaned it up, though, Prophetess Deborah. Did you hear the cleanup? Even the cleanup, even the cleanup was still, it still was, it still was a slippery slope. Similar to what happened with Carlton Pearson before, when he spoke about there was no such thing as hell, um, and how dangerous that was. You know, what I mean, we have people that have these, you know, weird revelations, and 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 it's like it's mixed and mingled with. With a little bit of truth, ain't that what the the, the enemy used? A little bit of uh, truth uh, is a uh, whole lot of lie. Right, you won't <laughs> surely die. Right, you won't surely die. And so now we seeing people doing. It's it's like the, the enemy ain't do ain't no ain't ain't no different than he was in Genesis. Like he's just using whatever little bit of truth he can to confuse people into uh into walking into. Uh, losing what their right, they right, um, they birthright is, and everything. Because it's, it's a fuel to the fire of a community that's gonna come and say, "Y'all been preaching, we going to hell all the time, and we ain't." And then they just gonna become, this gonna become more bolder. Which I, at this point, I really don't care. Like you know, what I'm saying the line's been drawn in the sand. But I, this my thing is, I hate the the ignorance of people that they say stuff, and I hate the fact that you know people don't live what they preach like you you have the stuff you preaching across the pulpit you ain't even living it you know and and, and that's the thing that makes me angry and, and like you know that's why i try to stay away from certain conversations with people because i know i get real riled up a little bit and uh, you know when they was talking about what he said because my husband had mentioned to it before and i said i, I personally I, I don't really don't care for him you know and i was like it's a lot of you know, like TV evangelists and, you know, people that got platforms that I don't care for because I know they ain't living what they preaching. So, you know, that's why I was like, that joker got up there and said all of that stuff about this and that and the third. You got to consider the source. Because at the end of the day, for real, for real, when we start listening to people and what they preaching, people looking at your life and how you living, you can't speak with authority on something that you're not living in. Facts, facts. You, you, you out of your, you out of your metron. Ain't that a word? Metron. Mm, yeah. You out yeah. of your metron. Have a nice one, baby. Good morning, everybody. Can someone like fill me in on what y'all talking hey, about? Hey, Coach. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, yeah, good morning. we we um talking about the whole Brian Carney incident and what he said about the heaven and hell. 
and how he kind of came back this weekend to clean it up and clean up his statements. And yeah, I think he, I, I think he was kind of, he kind of said the right thing. I mean, ain't like I'm not saying it though, cause but even still, I kind of think he just said the right thing, cause I, I get it. Well, we have to live a holy life and a righteous life. But at the same time, I don't believe in just sending folks to hell. And we have been, like, sending folks to hell for a long time in order to try to scare them to live right. And I don't think that's always the smart idea. Now, granted, I get it like probably Deborah said. For some people, it works. It's still working for me now. There's certain stuff I just don't want to do and ain't going to do because I don't want to go to hell, period. But at the same time, it's sad that we have to continue to push that narrative out there, like, in order to get people saved. So yeah, that's why I'm just trying to have a conversation from like, how do we how do we now reapproach this? Because I don't believe what he said was wrong, but at the same time, what he what they're saying or what Papa Deborah saying is, you know, it's still wrong, it's still across the line because yeah, it's somewhat giving people a license to sin or live how they want to live for lack of better words. I I, I get what you're saying. Uh Prophet, I'm gonna jump in right quick before I have to go in this building. Uh, I'm probably the oldest one in this room. I grew up in a Baptist church in the area. Everything you did or said, you was going to hell. I, you look wrong, you going to hell. Uh, <laughs> you smile wrong, you going. You're to going hell. to hell. So, you know, I grew up going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the way, think about, that's just the way the Baptist church did. I grew up going to hell. Right, because I was so afraid that I was going to hell. I'm talking about walking on tippy toes. Right. I should be a prima ballerina. But it took me until, you know, I started questioning my mother and she said, ask God. And I said, well, you know, you can't question God. Right, you don't go to hell for questioning God. she, (laughs) talking about a woman flipped out, she literally flipped out. She flipped. And I'm sitting there looking at her like, oh, now we both going to hell. You know, you, you, you're a preteen. You're going into teenagehood. You, you, you're not understanding. You, you, you ain't got no clue. But my mother was self-taught. She said, baby, it is okay to ask God questions. Now, don't be going out here talking about, okay, God, when you going to give me my money? When you going to? Now, them ain't the right. <laughs> you want to ask him questions that you can understand and learn. Understand and learn. And she said, I wish the Baptist church stopped damning people to hell. It makes them crazy. It makes them run away from the church. It makes them fear God. And that is not right. So, you know, I understand that. You know, it it, it it took me a while to get out of that, even to learn. Yes, when I got pregnant out of wedlock, I just knew I was going to hell for, for real because I, I just <laughs> seen all the way around. <laughs> you know, it takes a lot 
it's a lot. I don't need nobody tell me I'm going to hell. Because I'm going to tell them we going to hell in a handbasket together. Because <laughs> that's where I'm at right now. You know, don't tell me I'm going to hell because I, I, you coming along with me. We don't weed this basket together and you help me. So you going with me. <laughs> so that's I where I what you say? I felt the mighty, mighty God. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't, I, I, hey, let's stop telling the people we going to hell. <laughs> let's stop. Let's stop telling them they sinning. Let's stop. Let's figure out a better way to say it because it, it just turns me off. It just flipped the, flipped the script. On me, I I don't know. I'm sorry, y'all. I didn't mean to go off on that tangent, but no, you good. Just, I'm still stuck it, on it, grew it, up it, going to hell. Well, you was in a progressive it, Baptist church, right? Mama, you up, you up, in a progressive okay. Baptist church. I I, so I Baptist, go ahead. The Baptist church I grew up in, we won't go to hell for nothing. It wasn't until I got to the Pentecostal church that we got we were starting to go to hell. Hello. Right. Oh. Right. It was right. The, it was wow. a culture shock. Well, yeah. I grew it was, up it was a culture shock for us because in our Baptist church we could still uh, we had the deacons. Most of them smoked outside, uh, and they were putting their cigarette out. As a matter of fact, the Baptist church we were at in the parking lot. Sure was. They had a cigarette <laughs> uh, thing right there at the door so that just in case they were coming in. Thing. Yeah, the, the one that, that, that you can drop the lit cigarette in and it won't catch on fire. Was, yeah, <laughs> the, the, little, the little metal one that, that you push the little button and it drop all yeah. the ashes in and it closes. Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and see, and this is when I'm Dr. Jacob, yeah, they were, they, were sink, they was drinking and smoking cigarettes, but they was telling us if we do it, it's a sin, but if we sitting there watching you do it, but We'll go to hell, but ain't you going to hell right along? What is this what right. I mean? <laughs> don't tell me I'm going to hell for sinning. You sinning too, but you're going to tell me I'm we going to hell in a hell basket together. That's the way I'm looking at it. Because I'm telling you right now, Mama Lynn, when I got to the Pentecostal church, you going to hell because your skirt was red, because you, you got on lipstick, you got on yeah, earrings. that's why I didn't want to go there. I didn't want to go there because my mother yes, went, Lord, we, we, we went, we went to, to help everything in the she, We went to visit and they was like, that's a pretty ruffled dress you got on, but it's a little too short. I'm a little girl. You telling the little girl, that's a cute dress you got on, but it's too short. Your dress too short. And it's, it, sh it shouldn't be, I think it was pink and, and it has some red bows on it or something and, I, and my mama said do you want to keep going to no them ladies mean mm -mm, no I don't <laughs> <want to go. laughs> oh, they mean i ain't trying to go to that church <laughs> but, but we do we we I'm, we gotta watch what we say to the saints everything Look, in the last year or so, everything I thought I knew, God done flipped that thing. So did I be like, huh? Well, where that come from? Well, why I ain't know that? How did, 
Lord, how did I get away with believing that? You know, and I'm questioning because it, it, it literally has blown my mind. I told my niece yesterday, I said, cancer teach you a lot of things. It teach you two things. Either you die or either you live. I chose life. So my way of thinking now, I ain't on all of y'all. And I looked at her, I said, I ain't on all of y'all. Either you take me or you leave me. At this point, I really don't care because I need to live. I got a job to do for the Lord. And I can't let y'all stop me. I'm, I just not. I'm just not. I don't, I'm sorry, I'm going to put this way. I don't care who you is. If you ain't for God and Jesus, get out my way. Because it that that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. So don't be getting up on Facebook and Twitter and all of that and talking about it ain't no hell. Okay, you deleted. I don't want to watch you. Don't be talking about what Brian Carr came was talking about. I used to like the young man, and then he started saying and doing things, and I'm like, uh-huh, okay, I got to let you go now. You know, I I just can't. And don't be too holier than thou that you act like you above everybody else. I ain't got time for you either. So it's just where I'm at right now. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm going through so much. That I just don't have time. I don't. I don't. Don't. Love y'all. Most people, I ain't gonna cap my man. I agree. Most people like that. Most people feel like I'm going through life already as it is. Life already comes with it all trouble. Who want to go to a church with somebody preaching to them about going to hell over anything? I ain't gonna cap. I mean, it's a real life. It's a real thing. I mean, granted, people still gonna post to preach to heaven and hell. You know, we still supposed to preach it. But most folks ain't trying to hit that. We going through stuff in our life already. Ain't nobody trying to come to nobody's church where, oh, I'm going to hell for sneezing and not saying God bless you or something. I mean, it, 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 and I get what Dr. Jacob I'm saying, but like I said, I grew up Baptist. We couldn't go to the movies on Sunday. We couldn't go to the little school dance. We couldn't do it so much. We couldn't do yep. that. I, I looked at my mama and asked her, well, why do I exist? And she will have to break it down to me, baby. I, 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 me and my son was talking about, my mother was a prophet before we understood what a prophet was. Cause she would be prophesying us and we'd be sitting there looking at her like she 14 carat crazy. What, what's that, where that come from? Because we didn't understand. So she basically had to start teaching it to us, but we didn't, it, it was crazy. How we miss out on things. I, I, I love my new learning. I love, I embrace it. Do I question it? I be like, Lord, mm, I don't know about this one. You're going to have me to help me with this one. So yeah, so don't laugh at me. I, I know, I know. Like I said, I'm the oldest person in this room, and sometimes I feel like I'm so slow, but I know I'm not. It, I just wasn't there yet, but I was always willing to search and learn. That was one thing about me. It got to be more than this, and I was going to find it. 
nên hát trước I only heard like the noise about what he said. And here is the way I look at stuff. Okay. Um, I listen to what people say. And then I think about what people say. And, and it's crazy because I, I literally just was getting some of my thoughts out this morning about reactions and responses to revelation. Um, that literally was what I was recording myself saying. Um, Oftentimes people will react to a revelation and they don't take the time to assess it, nor do they take the time to process it. And if people be honest, we got a lot of inherent negativity inside of us. So we will deem something to be negative um, because we have not yet fully processed what that person is saying. And as a body of believers, one thing I feel like we got to get away from is earmarking something automatically negative without yeah. opening up the conversation because even let's just say that man was wrong the damage has been done if it's in fact it was wrong because i haven't done what do we do now are we gonna, gonna complain about what he said and i and i've said this in multiple rooms i'm like if what that man said was wrong why are we continuously pushing what was said instead of educating on what should have been said yeah because yeah. you have the truth and he's pushing a lie the truth is going to come out anyway, but now my job as a believer is to course correct, not convince you that they're evil, because yeah. we all have been in error. We all have been in a place where, okay, I'm I'm a little bit more uh, doctrinally sound because of my knowledge, and not just because I'm smart, but because I have the wisdom to apply it, and not just to apply it, but to help someone else learn it. Not to deem them negative, because the truth of the matter is, nobody knows everything. And we're all immature in an area of a certain context that we don't have the information for. And someone else might have that piece. And this is how we have this body that's fitly joined together, because we can help each other with the things we don't know. Now, him having a platform, that just means he has more eyes, more opinions, more everything of people looking at him. Uh, to, uh, and that's with anybody that has a platform, um, especially the bigger ones. I do not aspire to have those things because just being coach is a lot. And I, I don't need pretty much to know uh, automatically what he said. I think I'll go back and listen to it. But it's like, okay, which battle am I going to pick? Like, we can talk about it. And if I'm sound enough in my doctrine, independent of what he said, you can come to me and bring it. Uh, bring to me what he said, and I, if it is in fact wrong, I should be able to, of course, correct that and explain it to him. Like, okay, so I understand without demonizing or or making because if you're a part of the body, we're not we all wrong at some point, and somebody had to be like, okay, we're not praise the Lord that that's not quite right, but let me help you out. I'm not in a position to help Ryan Carr but I can help people who have encountered 
him if he is wrong. I say, okay, we're here. I understand what he said, and we're going to pray for him until he gets that right. But here's what it means. And here's what he may have, should have said. And this is what you need to pay attention to, if that makes sense. That way we don't get stuck in this, I'm right, you're wrong. You know, at the end of the day, it's it's about getting people to Jesus. And some people's methods are a little crazy. And they need to be talked about, like, okay, we're going to give that one kid a little more, okay, he a little weird. He, he probably got dropped on his head. I'm not saying that about Brian because I don't know him. But there's a lot of grace and nuances and different things that go into us as a body of believers that, that we got to address and we got to talk about um, just to kind of help the flow of how we deliver the word of God. And that's my opinion. I don't care what the man say, honestly, because if you bring it to me, I go listen to it. I either agree or I don't. At the end of the day, I'm, I'm going to pray for the man if, he, if he's wrong. Okay. He said something wrong. I'm praying for the souls that hurt him, the ears that hurt him, and the hearts that were open to receive. I pray that if he did say something wrong, people are open when God, if God, gives him um, the opportunity to correct himself and to come back and, you know, be open to reception. Because truth be told, the Bible says we need people who are wrong so people can see the difference. Like, we're not all going to teach the right things here. You need someone to prove that is what within you. I mean, I could be wrong. Y'all got pastors up here. But that's what the Bible says. So if the Bible says it, and I'm not, you know, preaching my preference here, I believe we have an opportunity of learning here. Not, and it ain't really necessarily about him and about this character because I don't know him. I feel like it's more about what was said, was it right, and if it wasn't right, how do we how do we handle the people in our in our circumference of um, influence so that we can help them, we can empower them with the truth so that they know how to deal with with lies. That's that's what I believe, and I could be wrong about that, but I don't believe that I am, and I'm open to correction if I am. We can have a discussion too. So. That's my thoughts about it. Prophet of nine. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm over here talking on mute because I was I was getting ready to play the video. But that's what I was saying. That's why we're having this conversation because I believe, like you said, course correcting it if it's a problem. Because for a lot of people who are looking at him, like Prophet Deborah said, he sits on a massive platform. He's he sit on a main stage. And a lot of people look at him and then probably gonna regurgitate that. And even if they do regurgitate it, my thing is to make sure that it's being taught and learned in the right way. You know what I'm saying? Because you don't want people to go out here and thinking, oh, okay, well, I can just sin and live my life any type of way and then go to heaven because I don't think that's the truth. However, I do believe that, you know, See, I'm not going to send you to hell, just like your works ain't going to get you into heaven. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's a gospel that we have somewhat neglected for people. Now, granted, it needs to be woken up even further to let people know of why they're still doing the right thing, why they choose not to live like that. However, we can't just try to 
bully people and force people to say, okay, well, hey, because you don't live your life this way, you're going to go to hell. Uh, you're going to go to hell. Because truth is, I don't think that's true. I mean, old folks used to even say it like this. God watch out for what? Babies and fools. So even with that, certain people going like, I, yeah, like, oh, no, I think we're going to be surprised. Um, how many people going to be in heaven if we keep trying to send everybody to hell? To be honest, Pastor Charles, I mean, Prophet Deborah, Prophet J.Y., like, y'all y'all got to help me out. To be honest, I think we're going to, if we make it to heaven, if we get in, I ain't, gonna, I ain't even going to hold y'all. If I get in, I'm going to be surprised how many other people I see. Oh, you in heaven too? Let's, oh, let's, I definitely let's, knew I was going to be up in <laughs> Let's wake it up and even more. You can teach somebody the truth. But you're not responsible for the truth they receive. You're responsible for the truth that you give them. Man. The reception of that truth is not on you. Yeah. You're not responsible if they receive it. You're responsible for being obedient of giving it. Reception yeah. is, a, is on that person. Like, that ain't your responsibility. And I think, yes, naturally, you want to be received. You want, God, are they listening? Are they getting it? But I'm not going to stand before God. Because of you, I'm gonna stand before God because of kosher, because of the things I I gotta give an account for the truth or the words that I say. But your your life, I'm gonna be judged by how I interacted with you. What truth did I give you? Did I open my mouth as God instructed me to? And you can give people truth all day long, and if they rather believe the lies. That's them, and like that's yeah. like that's like uh, look, and that's the thing. It's like okay, preach the truth, give them the word of God, tell them what tell them what the Bible says. You know, some plants, some water, but who gives the increase? Yeah, God yeah, increase, and it's like, and yeah, I know it's hard. I'm nobody's pastor. I've been in church my whole life. I'm on my own journey of understanding, and. I'm learning a lot more grace that needs to be given. A lot of systems that are in place that are pushing preference instead of pushing like like sound doctrine, I would say. Yeah. All those standards are all inside of it. I believe people really have a lot of inherent negativity that they need to address and unlearn. And it's just like, why would you automatically come at a person's character because they said something that you don't agree with. Like, no, you don't know them. You know social media, this person. You're not in their life. You're not a part of their their community. You get to see what social media allows you to see, right? Wrong and different. And I think people, we got a lot to learn, y'all. And it's, it's a lot of work that needs to be done and a lot of systems that needs to be addressed long before we get to someone's character about it. If we handle the information um, and we have the truth, course correct it. Like, okay, I know what they said. We're going to pray for them. Yeah, that don't make them a bad person. That just means they got a lot to learn. They got a big platform. Okay. They do. The truth is the truth no matter what platform it is. A lie is a lie. It just has more impact on who it could reach. And they at, at the end of the day, they got to give an account to God for the things that they say, just like we have to give an account for God to God. And if God be the truth and everybody else is a lie, the truth is going to stand anyway. We got to work anyway. So it's just like, 
what are we really upset about the fact that we're actually having to do what we're supposed to be doing actual work knowing the truth helping to set people free like i don't know maybe that's just the way i'm looking at it based off my tenure uh, with jesus and just how i went about my, my my relationship so i don't know that's just the way i'm looking at it what is y'all what is y'all talking about now is between Kirk and, and Brian and everything else going on. <laughs> I can't I can ready to close out Dr. Card. I haven't listened to it. I hate I missed it. I so hate I missed it because I, I I really been busy this morning in between my my four jobs I got. Um and I'm learning how to sell um contractor bonds through a carrier. So as the world turns, I'll just say this because y'all finna leave and we finna go. Um, I think our problem is, Lady Kosha, I love what you said, by the way, is we're afraid to really define what truth is because we live, the social media space, Pastor Charles and Mama Lynn, has created this vortex of hype and misinformation. So the image that you can put out there in social media uh, can superimpose what people think you are, but character is who you are when the cameras are not rolling when you're at home. So what happens is that it affects the delivery or even, watch this word, the interpretation, you know, the fancy word hermeneutic that we talk about in the, in the, in the uh, theological community, but interpretation of how you see scripture versus how you live your life versus as Jesus even said, you think you search scripture thinking that you find life in them and there is no life in them because the life is in understanding who the way, the truth, the life is, who the Holy Spirit is. And not just from a space of the running and shouting and the jumping and the preaching and the gifts. And that's great. But the Holy Spirit also in John 14 and 15 and 16, Jesus uniquely describes him in all those capacities. From a space of guiding you, guiding you into truth and convicting you of here's this word right here, sin. So I'll say this: wherever you find yourself on which side of what uh, Pastor Karn or Prophet Karn said, please understand this. And I said it uh, some last week. Uh, I can see where he was going to say that, uh, you know, unbelief uh, or sin, and understanding what Jesus paid is what he was really trying to get at. He just said it very, very poorly. And he did not give a lot of scripture balance to what he was saying because he was really taking it to, and, and not to pick on the Baptists, I love my Baptist people, uh, but, and even the Pentecostals, we like to lean heavy on what the blood of Jesus did, but the discipleship piece, as we read in John 15, as we read in John 8, as we understand the connectivity to Christ, uh, is what keeps us righteous. And that don't mean that we can't sin or the sin nature is completely gone. But the Holy Spirit, when he is in you and he guides you, he will convict you of the stuff, whether you even make it to that point or not, uh, of doing it. He'll convict you. And even as Paul said, create a, a, a way of escape. I think our problem now, here's the part that we don't like uh, when we talk about this. We have so many carnal people in the gospel that's preaching the gospel 
uh, and not living it. They're, they're, they're carnal as the day is long, as my pastor would say, the late Pastor Paul F. Coleman, who was resting in the arms of Jesus, would say, he would say that some of us are crooked as a dog's hind leg, meaning that we ain't straight. Uh, not sexually anyway, but you know what I mean, from a space of understanding that there are certain people that will find how much they can bend the rules based on what they believe scripture says or based on what people are going to say versus about what God would have you do in the situation. So I'll say this, say this to land the plane. Hopefully this, this bless, bless you this morning for, uh, because I didn't get to give my full commentary or argue with some people this morning. I will tell you this, be careful because we're in these days, these last days, as Paul wrote to Timothy, a lot of doctrine of devils. I saw the whole Ayana Van Zandt thing too, Prophet. I saw you posted about it. I almost said something, but I didn't have time to deal with that. But uh, yeah, you we talked about that one earlier too. <laughs> yeah. So, so when we understand that there is a mixture of the truth and because, and I've been preaching this the last six weeks or so, talking about marriage and the end times in the kingdom and in, in, in Hosea, uh, the prophet, we always talk about Gomer, but before you get to Gomer, you got to deal with chapter two that talks about how the, the, the nation of Israel had played the harlot, meaning that it would prostitute itself to whatever was possible for the day. And we're still doing it. We're still doing that. Jesus them came, Jesus them died, the Holy Spirit them fell. But in this generation, the church still plays the harlot, meaning that whatever's popular, we'll run, we'll run after it. Uh, and even this, I'll be quiet, I promise after this. While I can appreciate National Back to Church Sunday, uh, I, I think that certain aspects of it is still more of the same. Because we still think that the gathering of the saints in the building supersedes discipleship. I'm not telling you not to have National Back to Church Sunday. What I am telling you is that if Back to Church Sunday was only a style of worship, we're going to have a hundred voice choir, we're going to shout, the preacher going to excite us, and we're going to get people to join church. And after you have that euphoria of that happening, and then half the people that join the church or 80% of the church, that quote-unquote people that came to church, 80% uh, of them never come back in two or three weeks, then what was the point? Because the truth of the matter is, we're going to have to start to lean into discipleship. And that's the, that's the full basis of the things that we see. Because you can kind of tell that there's certain aspects of some of the stuff that we're hearing in pulpits. You can tell people have been discipled. That's why they get so much stuff wrong. Or we don't have a Berean culture where like if something is said that, hey, pastor, what did you mean about this? Or have you considered this? And not from a space of attack, because, you know, you got that part, too, where you got a lot of folk that call themselves apostles and prophets. They like to pick whichever fivefold uh, gift they want to play with, depending on what's popular. And they'll take a sound bite and they'll accuse people, too. So you got a lot of that stuff going on as well. While you got people that are practicing Europe apprentices and and priests and Reiki priests ordaining folk, and we ain't saying nothing. But you don't want a woman to get ordained, so that's why they got to go to Alana Van Zant and some of these other crazy folks and, and get affirmed what's in the spirit because we got wicked men and systems that won't basically do what's right concerning those that are gifted in a call of God. But that's a whole nother discussion. I won't do that because this waking up with the prophet, this ain't my room, because if it was my room, I would certainly preach it and tell you that we have a lot of error that is going on in the church. And the, re and the reason why it's going on 
is because we are the harlot. Whatever sounds good, whatever feels good, if it comes out of our mouth and we are charismatic, charismatic enough to make it sound right, that's going back to the Brian Carr stuff without explaining the scriptures for real versus giving up our own little ideas and our philosophies instead of really delving out with the scripture. Because when you read John 3.18, what he's saying is actually kind of right. All he had to do was put the scripture with it because it said right there in John 3.18, he that does not believe is condemned already. Unbelief. And unbelief, when you really understand it, is connected to every sin that you do. Every, every one of them. And even if you are up preaching every Sunday, casting devils out, folks falling out, you got a tent revival, everybody coming to, you got a stadium that you can pack out. And in Matthew 7 and 21, Jesus said he's going to tell some of them folks he don't know them. <laughs> Why is he going to tell them that? Here's what he said. In the verse, next verse, it says, depart from me. I de didn't know you. You are a worker of iniquity. And, some, and somewhere in that space, I guarantee you, that unbelief is the catalyst for why Jesus is going to say that. And here's the unbelieving part. Because if you really did believe in Jesus' work and what he did on the cross, then it's certain stuff, stuff you wouldn't do. Because that's what Paul said in Romans 8. One, for, for, for that matter, he said, look, if you walk in the spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh and you won't be condemned. That's what it's saying. When you are fleshly, you are carnal. We were talking about this in another Bible study in another room uh, uh, last week when we talked about um, uh, Matthew 11, where we misquote the violence, uh, the, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violence taken by force. When you really break the word down, violence ain't about what you do or how you do. Violence can be that too, but violence is a mentality. So then when you just oppose that with Romans 8, where it says that the carnal mind is enmity or makes you at war with God, that's the violence. So we got a lot of people that are pastoring churches and pastoring movements and denominations and reformations, and they are really going away from what Christ established with the church. And the truth of the matter is they're violent. They don't know that they are, but they are. And if we have proper exegesis of scripture, meaning uh, uh, interpretation and teaching it for what it actually means and interpreting scripture with scripture and not with philosophy, of dead people or, or different mantles that ain't even in the earth no more that we're still worshiping from the Catherine Colbums and the, the, the Smith Wigglesworths and the, and the uh, you know, whomever your favorite preacher is, Spurgeon and, and, and Bishop uh, 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 Mason and all these people that are dead instead of the model who is Christ, the master model, the master example. I was preaching that last Wednesday. When we start to get into discipleship and know what that really means, then we'll stop trying to model ourselves after prophets and people we like. We'll start really comparing ourselves to the master copy, which is Jesus. Appreciate your pastor. Appreciate Bishop Jakes. Appreciate all the people that have come and gone and no shade to them. But the real master copy is Jesus. And if we start getting back to that, that's what we need to get back to. Appreciate Back to Church Sunday. But if we start pointing people back to Jesus, not to us, not to our brands, not to our cash apps on lives and talking about sow this seed. I got a thousand people that are so a hundred dollars that'll break a curse and all this other stuff. Some of these folks ain't scared of God. I'm just, I'm, I'll just be quiet after I say that. Some of these folks ain't scared of God. And if they was, they wouldn't do the stuff that they did. That's why he says, depart from me, that you don't know me and I don't know you. Because if you knew me, 
you wouldn't be out here capping with the gospel. You wouldn't be out here with the filthy Lucre. Or you wouldn't be sitting here trying to twist the scriptures to sound appealing so that people will be even more intrigued to come to the gospel instead of just saying, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. Uh, and John the Baptist was baptizing Negroes every day. If you preach what works, God going to send the people. If you think you got to be uh, uh, slick and you got to be edgy and all those other things, then you're violent. That's it. It's that simple. So uh, you can go ahead and in the room. But I just want to get that off my chest and just let the people know that there is correct teaching out here to help you to understand, Lady Kosha, what this stuff really is and why in this dispensation of time, as according to Ephesians chapter one, which I was preaching yesterday also, you see this stuff happening because so many people are not sealed by the Holy Spirit. They're not preserved by the Holy Spirit, as according to Psalms 121 and 7. When you begin to start to study the Bible and the Holy Spirit literally breathes his word on the inside of you, because that's where the living water is, not the building and not back to church. That's probably, Lady Coastal, why you're having the issues that you're having, because you know God for real. But the places that you've been trying to find worship and fellowship of Quantania, you can't find it because a lot of folk don't know it. They know how to do church. They know how to prophesy. They know how to do runs over the microphone. The praise seem bad. Bad, bad, too. But the spirit that's in there, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's enough to make you really say, God, when are you coming back? Because these ninjas down here tripping, for real, they don't know you. And I'm trying to be in a situation to where I can be in a place in the posture of worship because, you know, I, I see that you're supp we're supposed to do that. But the challenge is we got so many people that are not skilled at breaking down the text and saying stuff. And even though it may have a variation or kernel of truth to it without even explaining the scriptures. And it comes across as your own idea. And we, that means that Jesus is not the center of our ministry. It just means that our popularity, our notoriety, our charisma, and all those things is what we're cashing in on. And that's the tragedy of the whole thing with Prophet Karn. Not the fact that he's not gifted. Not the fact that some things he said has some truth to it. It's just the fact that he automatically just vehemently refused to break the scripture down properly. And you have that. You have that. And we and, and it's our fault as a community, because guess what we do? We still invite them. We still watch their lives. We still pay attention to them. Scripture said when you find somebody that's just doing that stuff blatantly, I, I ain't listening to them dudes. I ain't I don't it's certain guys I don't listen to. Not that I don't like them and not that they're not gifted. It's just hey, when I see that you continue to do the same stuff and that I continue to design it, then I ain't eating from that table. And you can't make me. I ain't got to judge him. I ain't got to tear him down. But if you ask me my opinion, I don't think he's a bad tree to eat from. I mean, not saying it like that, but you, I don't think I don't, I don't think he's a bad tree. I, I just I think he you know, got, I, I would say he produced good fruit. He just, he just end up in some stuff every now and then. Now, hold, he slipped like he slipped like we all do, Pastor Pat. Hold on. Like, a broken clock is right twice a, twice a day. What I, what, I'm so weak. <laughs> and the word is going to do its job regardless of the person. But then when you start to again insert your philosophy into a thing that is sacred, 
And that means you don't take it serious no more when you can say that Jesus paid the penalty for sin. And that's right. What he said, that part was right. But tell me why that's right. Go deeper than the charisma just to say something that sounds edgy and that will make people come in. Because here's the truth. Now, while Jesus, when he taught, used hyperbole or used parable to really make things more plain, he never left you hanging from a space of what he was actually trying to say. That's the issue. I don't ever want to be a preacher because I preach too, right? I'm not perfect. I'm not saying that's not things I can't say that somebody may could maybe, you know, push back on or, I mean, we always will have that, right? But at the same time, I don't think it could ever be said that the of what I preach is such a variation from what the gospel actually is. Now, some people, in opinion, depending on their denomination and their training, trust me, I've been attacked in that area because I'm the person that's willing to really search the scriptures and not necessarily toe a line, but look at different perspectives, you know, from a space of what somebody's saying. And that's why I had the chance to really listen to what he said and say, well, hey, what he's saying ain't all bad, but it ain't all right either. And all he had to do was just expound on the scriptures and take himself out of it. That's that's what I'm saying. That's li- From what I'm surmising is that's literally all that was missing is that I, I people want to, and I, I said it before you got in here, people want to attack someone's character based off of a sound bite, like a, a clip. Like you don't know this man. Like you know what he showed you on social media. And why is it inherently your automatic, automatic go-to to, to deem someone as like demonic or negative and i'm just like if he is what can you do except for except for pray for that person and then if someone approaches you with the information do you have the truth so to give them do you have the truth like you're you're like i'm i might be on this mountain by myself but that's okay because i got good backup okay (laughs) i'm not bothered by being like on and i'm not trying to put myself as the villain but the truth of the matter is, we come at people we don't have the knowledge to to like circumvent the the, the information they pass. Like yeah. you can't force correct that person. So why are you? Why do you have an opinion about something you can't fix? So now you're part of the problem because you're building their platform for them. Like exactly. he, he lacks exactly. wisdom. He lacks. He might lack the wisdom, but he clearly has the knowledge. His application sucks. Yeah. Like, yeah. You're, you're <laughs> that's dangerous. That is dangerous. Because, because if, if I look up, if I look at the track record of, you know, caught up in scandal with women, with people fight, going to war and that kind of thing, then for me, uh, and I'm not saying that you can't be restored. The point I don't know, I don't have. To but if I saying some stuff. And then I hear what the man, and then I hear what the culture is saying about what What's up, man? And I can have a credible conversation saying, well, yeah, that's that is not coming in today. That, that I found that said that could be true. But at the same time, like I said, give me the, oh, yeah, the, the scripture foundation of the argument. I have no idea. For those that are watching or that this or probably yeah, she said she was going to be here later. Yeah, man, I well, that's what the lady downstairs do. said. And, 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 and experience things the way I want to experience them because I believe that, oh, I don't have to. I don't have to. 
Prophet, lose your mic. The, the, the Holy Spirit is the, the Holy Spirit is just for, uh, allowing uh, downstairs mad they tan up a church. You know, it's important <laughs> for people to know. Hey, with um, it today. You know, you have an opportunity or you have an obligation as a pastor and a preacher to make sure that your 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 sermons or even if somebody can't immediately say anything uh and if they feel that they got more questions hey email me back channel me i've had people do that and not a lot but i've had people do that and when i explain myself it's like oh i see why you where you got this where you coming from or why you said that and then i've had people say they just disagree and that's okay that's fine but what they can never say is I'm taken away from the cross, the gospel, and what that really means. Now, we can get into the weeds about denominational stuff and doctrinal stuff that really comes from people and not and, 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 and or the interpretation of what they feel Jesus said or like my favorite one. They like to take uh, Paul's letter and say it say that men should women should not usurp authority over women. And that's talking about marriage more so than anything else, because I don't have any authority over kosher because she's a woman and I'm a man. I only have the authority over my wife. You know, so when we start to understand that and then we get to Ephesians 4 and we start talking about that he gave gifts to men, that's plural, that means men and women. And then we get to Joel 2 and 28 about the spirit being poured out on men and women and boys and girls and then all of them prophesying or speaking for God. That's what that means. Then how do you how do you lean into a whole entire doctrine that silences women? Why you take their tithes and offering? Why you use their spiritual gifts of administration and all those other stuff that we use from women in the church but yet you have the unmitigated gall to say that they can't preach or do anything in the church besides just sit there and wear a white uniform and say amen to the pastor but, you know that's, that, 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 you know, that, you know mm -hmm. thinking i think the and and this thought just came to me i think the issue one of the issues is that we are looking we have like a like a you know how back in the day before social media and stuff we had a sense of a community where if you was pre like if you was a preacher in town and you wasn't saying something right, you had like a, a sect of leaders that could come sit you down like, hey, listen, let's let's talk about what you said. Or you had some some mothers or or you had some bishops or leaders or whatever. They would talk to you. They would counsel you. This is pre-social media. We're now, I think, we're now in a time where you don't have that. And, and this is what I'm seeing just based off the way things go. People don't have the same um, types of, not, I'm not saying they don't have leadership, so I'm make sure I'm trying to phrase this right. They don't have the same type of systems they had before where you could pull someone to the carpet the same way and sit them down and they didn't have social media to get back up and release another controversial soundbite. They would sit down and listen to, to wisdom, to aged wisdom and, and learn and be like, okay, I hear what you're trying to say, but let me show you how you could say it better. Because I don't want to kill your zeal. I don't want to kill you. I just need to course correct you. I need to give you a show you a more excellent way on how to do this. So I don't want to I don't want to make you feel like you're not well, whatever. Because we can superimpose our opinions and we kill people. But I feel like 
in the age of social media, we're going to have to learn how to uh, <laughs> not be mad at people's platforms. And and it's, and, I, and I think the truth of the matter is because negativity gives people a bigger platform than positivity ever will. And the truth of the matter is we don't have the same systems that have the same type of effectiveness, not in social media age. And this is just my opinion. So we're going to have well, to learn how to, like, I okay, buy, I buy what say, but... I buy that to a certain degree, though, sis, because I think that there was a lot of wrong things. And Mama Land probably can. I'm not sure how old you are, Lady Kosha, but I mean, there was some stuff that was done wrong to silence, to stop the advancement of a new voice and a younger voice, just like there was correction that needed to be had. And I think that, honestly, when you understand the times that the Bible was written versus the times we lived in when we were growing up. Um, Paul was educated. Luke, the physician that wrote Luke and Acts was a, was a f- actual physician. So the very educated were able to record the acts that we saw in scripture. Right. So, yeah. and, and that don't mean that God didn't use unlearned people because he used Peter. Right. He called when you look at the 12 apostles, all of them have different uh, unique skill sets that show how God really is intentional about having different types of personalities and gifts and skills to work together. That's why he gave a diversity of gifts. That's why he's got we got nine gifts of the spirit. So God is all about diversity. The problem is, is that what we've done in certain existences or here's this big word again, dispensations of time, what we've done is. Um, we see church through the lens of how we first met God, whether that was Baptist, Pentecostal, so-called Pentecostal. I can't stand that term. And Baptist either, if you really, really want to get down to my theological leanings and convictions. Um, I think that the problem is, is that when we were growing up and we saw the right thing and the wrong thing, we didn't always see uh, the training of the entire body. We only saw a paradigm of ministry being just the preaching ministry and not the helps ministry. And that's always been an error. It is something that we're still repeating. And even with my church plant, my, my, my endeavor and my heart is not to repeat the same uh, paradigm. And that don't mean that everybody becomes a fivefold gift title, this and the third. But what it does mean is that people discover what their true spiritual gift as accordance to the fivefold and the ministry of helps. So that way, there's a flow in the church. There's maturity in the church. And that don't mean that even when you set it up correctly, because we are human, that you won't have issues that you need to correct. That's why Jesus told us that in Matthew 18. If you have a fault, you got something going on with your brother that is immediate in your immediate circle of influence, go to him and him alone. Our problem to your point in the social media space is the fact that we can see somebody on television. And what we'll do is we'll just go do a rebuke about the person and don't know them, uh, or if we do uh, need to address something that was said or something that could be confusing in the uh, the atmosphere of the media space, then here's what we do. We don't allow uh, the, 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 the video or the teaching to actually be a teaching moment to just oppose the word based on what you believe it says versus what they actually said. So I, I think that's the difference. 
We don't have a lot of academia uh, or we don't have a lot of intelligent people uh, that get the microphone when you talk about social media. Because social media has given a platform and a stage uh, to people that really don't need it. But it happens, right? And the people that can actually handle it, those are the people that rarely go viral. The more ignorant you are, the more violent you are, the more sexual you are, the more you fit the culture of what's actually trending for the time is what creates the algorithms. So when you understand that, then that's high time to let you know that, as Paul said, that these days that we're seeing is coming to pass. Because information is being disseminated as quickly as you can go to your phone and hit live. That's how fast that you can actually put information out there. It used to be, in particular, somebody that studied, studied media in college. It used to be that only television cameras could go out there and get the story. Now you got everybody's a photojournalist because you got a cell phone with a camera and you can hit record. It's just that simple. You don't have to go to class to do that. You could do that now. And entire cases have hung in the balance and been convicted and tried because some brave soul stood there with a camera phone. So when you understand the times that we live in, it's wicked and the deeds of men are still more evil. But here's the other part. You got to understand, too, that some of us in the church that know better and should be doing better. Some of us are silent. Some of us allow the times to, to mute our mics and to mute our mouths. And here's what we do. We'll just say, well, I'm going to pray for that person. Now, sometimes we got to address some stuff. And that's what we're missing from the old church, because at least to your point, the old church would address stuff. And they would address up. Some of them addressed it wrong, but it was addressed. <laughs> OK, so I think we got to get to that point to where it's now that we have all this knowledge and all this information. We can address stuff a, a, a lot more, uh, uh, a lot with a lot more humility, a lot with more, a, a lot more intentionality. And then if we're really aiming to be teachers in the moment and like you said, not kill people's zeal, depending on if that person is mature enough to accept chastisement and correction, then guess what? We might can, you know, solve a few of these issues. But if you have people that like, unfortunately, Prophet Pastor Karn, that have always got caught up into something that'll make you scratch your head about his doctrine, make you under, uh, scratch your head about his character, make you scratch your head about stuff that he does and says, then you get what you get. I told you, uh, 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 well, you weren't in the room, but a few weeks back, when uh, uh, Pastor Jamal Bryant was preaching at the Essence Festival, and he took the story of Noel totally out of context and told the folks it was about the rain blessings. And that's not what the story is about. The story was about the rain coming because it was judgment. It's those kind of things, even in the church, to whereas we're not, we don't, we're so Bible illiterate that when we do hear preachers take stuff out of context, we just sit there and eat it because they're the preacher. We're not like it was 200 years ago when the average person couldn't read. Most of the people in America can read, and yet we still allow preachers to preach stuff that's not true. And we listen to it. If it sounds good, we'll go with it. You know, we don't question. We don't ask questions. You know, and even if we do, some of us will allow it to make us leave the church or uh, stop our call or stop doing the things that God called us to do. And that's the mistake. And when we start to be honest about that and really lean into that, then and only then can a healthy relationship amongst being an apologetic, which is in a defender of the word, or to be a theologian, which is a study or, or a person that's a scholar of the Bible. That makes a major difference. And guess what? You don't need a doctorate behind your name to be a theologian. 
A theologian is just somebody that reads the scriptures. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. Stop letting people make you feel intimidated with big words and titles and education because we've dealt with this in this room before where some people that used to come into the room, they don't come no more, but they was big on their credentials. And they only did it when they was losing the, the argument, by the way. <laughs> I always found that to be interesting, but that's just me. Uh, but I, I hate I missed the other part of the discussion, but uh, I, I know it's interesting. And I know that uh, more discussion around the stuff that we're hearing across the, the, the board needs to be discussed because there are too many people that are ignorant of the scriptures. And, and, and it's not their fault because the Bible says, how can they hear without a preacher? And how can the preacher preach unless he's sent? So somebody's got to deliver the message and deliver the message in a credible and a more excellent way that is designed to teach people and not beguile you with big words. As Paul said, I'm not coming to you with a bunch of big words. I'm coming with power in this demonstration and I'm pointing to the master copy, which is Jesus. If I point to him, then guess what's going to happen? Then people that need to see that God will allow them to be actually illuminated or uh uh, the, the gospel, the light of the gospel to basically be revealed to them, then guess what? I have a chance to build God's church and not the building and not a gathering of people, but another soul that's unplugged from the bowels and the destinies of hell that I can now train to be a disciple and create an enclave of discipleship amongst our churches. That's what's, that's what's the problem. And until we get back, I said it earlier, but it bears repeating, until we get back to bona fide uh, discipleship will always miss the opportunity to truly uh, kind of uh, curb some of the stuff that we see that's error. And we're afraid to do it because we're afraid to lift our voices and we're afraid to say, look, I'm going to be the one and nobody else will. I'll be the one that's going to be the guy that's not popular. I'll be the one that'll preach to 15 to 20 people in the clubhouse room on Wednesday and Thursday, Wednesday and Sunday, shameless plug for myself, and teach the truth. Don't make it fluffy. Don't make it where it's just all about getting the money and all this and the third. Not saying people don't show time ministry because they do, but really literally to lift up Christ and to capture the cultures of the world that say, look, I'm sick of going to these churches and just shouting me that prophesied to me, none of the stuff come, come to pass because I don't know the principle of how to make it come to pass. That's where I come in at. I want to teach people the principle of how you get the bag, how you keep the bag, how you keep the marriage, how you stay saved when you're trying to be single, how you ask God to forgive you and how you walk in their forgiveness, how you walk in their freedom. And then guess what we want to do? We want the spiritual gifts to flow into the church. You know why? Because when the spiritual gifts flow into the church, that strengthens faith. Not to bring glory to, oh, Dr. Penn's anointed and folks falling out and arms growing out and eyeballs popping out. That's cool. But Jesus said, you ought to be happy that your name is in the Lamb's Book of Life. Not that you can do signs and wonders, because again, the people that's doing the signs and wonders are just in danger of the hellfire that most sinners that ain't, that ain't doing it is <laughs> in danger of. So when you begin to understand that and you lean into the fact that God is not impressed with that stuff because he's the author of it. So if he ain't impressed by it because he's the one that empowered you with it, then why are you trying to lead with that versus leading with the character of who God is, the love of who he is, and not lead people to believe that, oh, sin ain't why you're going to hell. No, it's because you, you, uh, you're not a believer. That's why you continue to practice sin. Because if you believed, you wouldn't continue to do it. And even if you struggled, you're not making excuses for it. 
You know, you're going to you're going to do your best to mature and to learn and get around people that's been through similar things. Why do you think the scripture says confess your faults one to another so that you can be healed instead of gossip? We do more gossiping than helping people with their faults or restoring people because we've got to be spiritual to do that. It don't take spiritual things to be Larry Reed. Hear me. It don't take spiritual things to be Tasha K. It'll make you some money, but it's so show that you're not spiritual. And that's what we got to call out. Okay, it's time to go. Uh, time to, we, we, we over time. But I just had to get that out of my, <laughs> my spirit. I hope that blessed somebody that needed to hear that. Uh, to the sister down on the, on the, on the bottom here, there, uh, Shaquana Shaw. Um, I don't know if you follow somebody in this room, and maybe you do, maybe you don't. But I think that those kind of things have to be shared, and people got to know that God always got somebody that's going to walk in authority, that's going to walk in character, and, and all of them ain't going to be in mega churches. all of them ain't going to be on YouTube with a bunch of followers. There's a lot of anointed people that God got out here that's under wraps, and they're under wraps because God has assigned them uniquely to be in rooms like this to help people to understand the inner workings and the mysteries of the gospel and the mysteries of the kingdom. And I say this, and I'll be quiet, I promise after this, if you'll understand that these times have to be so. There's nothing that we can do to stop it. Ain't no way that we're going to stop false prophets from showing up because they, they born every day. The problem is that we don't have enough inoculation from the birth of new prophets that have not kissed or taken down or kissed the face of Baal. That's a problem. And if we have more voices that could be in little pockets because they're not popular in the big spaces. But if we had the people that was actually doing their job to be salt and light in areas where they need to be versus lamenting the fact that Brian Karn said something you don't like, well, then that means that if you got time to talk about Brian Karn, that means probably you ain't doing what God called you to do. And I've discovered that for myself, <laughs> where sometimes when I'm hypercritical, guess what I'm not doing? I'm not focused on what God told me to do. I can have an opinion. But what I bet not be doing is worried about what somebody else doing because <laughs> I need to be doing what God want me to do because if I ain't doing what I want, uh, he want me to do and he over here doing what he's supposed to be doing. I ain't supposed to be doing whatever that is. That don't matter because when I stand before God, he going to say, well, why didn't you cry out against him? Or why did you offer a different message? Because I taught you a lot of stuff that you didn't say. I deputized you. I called you. So that's what I say to the hypercritical. Hey, you ain't wrong <laughs> for what you're saying because you, what you're saying might have a lot of truth to it. And in fact, if I heard you say it, I might agree with you. But if your only assignment is to always knock down what's popular and not to lift up the bloodstained banner of Jesus, you are just as complicit because you're giving that person even more shine by talking about what they said and why they were so wrong versus lifting up the fact of this is what the Bible says and here's why. Period. If we get to that point, then this stuff is fun to talk about. Don't get me wrong. But it also exposes our, our motivations where we're not always where we're supposed to be and doing what we're supposed to do. But anyway, close this room. I got one quick thing to say. Uh, Dr. Patton, I agree with you one thing on one thing, because uh, Micah, when when he uh, gets up and speak, and, you know, he getting ready to give the uh, scripture and stuff, the one thing he say is read it for yourself and get understanding for yourself. 
because my understanding may not agree with your understanding. So just don't always take the pastor's word. That's what the Bible says. Open up your Bible and read it. It comes on your phone, your tablet, your desktop, your laptop, and it's a book. And it comes in 50 different varieties. So there is no excuse, but people do find excuses. They find excuses. Uh, I got to go, y'all. This conversation profit has been the bomb today with a little bit of of it i have been able to join in on and uh y'all be blessed i'm going to sit back and try to listen to the closing prayer but i'm i'm headed back into the office and uh i want to act like i was a good girl today because i really was love y'all well thank y'all so much i was over here multitasking y'all know i'm at the church um, but yeah, let's go ahead and get ready to wrap on up. Mama Lynn, you got weekend highlights? Like I said, I went to a 13-year-old birthday party, and it was called Paint and Sip Pop. <laughs> you know, you know they 13, and it's really cute. Uh, the thing, uh, it they had a Nike gym shoe, and you're talking about girls being creative. Them young ladies know how to paint a gym shoe. Hey, it was really beautiful. And then I went to my daughter's father's 70th birthday party, and that was a lot of fun. He was really surprised. It broke him down into tears. And so, you know, uh, and this is a man that, uh, that used to pride himself on not crying, but soon learned, you know, it's okay. Can't nobody hold nothing against you. So um, that was it, other than what I told you this morning about the housing situation. Other than that, eh, those were my uh, my highlights. I'm tired. Profit, I did go up. I went up to like four and a half. So I'm slowly reaching that five. It's only because I'm tired, and I'm so tired. So uh, pray for me that things go well. Uh, I'm not worried about it. Uh, I just need the Lord to help me understand and give me the wisdom to know what is right, what isn't right, and guide me along the way. That's where I'm at right now. Love y'all. Probably do talking on mute. But Dr. Patton, what was the highlights of your weekend? I'm sorry, I'm sitting here putting lotion on my on my phone. They in the in the stuff. I got we got Daddy Jacob. Um, really, honestly, uh, I did some work. Uh, finished up my class. Um, spent a little time with my family. Uh, I preached yesterday. I preached a message yesterday called uh, God Will Preserve You out of um, uh, Psalms 121, verse 7. And then I tagged in uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15. 
about the seal of the Holy Spirit. Um, I know a lot of the replays have uh, disappeared uh, on the app because I got I got two years of sermons just gone. Uh, but that's okay. Because that means I get to preach them again <laughs> at, some, at some point in time. But, uh, but yeah, that was a highlight. And of course, you can hear my rambunctious uh, two or three. Uh, they like to play this game after they get a bath. They like to just be all wild and, 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 and funny. But yeah, pray for me. Yeah, no problem, Dr. Patton. I hear you going through a lot over there with the kids. <laughs> I understand completely. But I think this is a powerful conversation overall, well needed. I mean, I know I wasn't really here the last little bit because y'all know once I get up to this church and start working, you know what I'm saying, I'll be having the main things going on because it is the Weekend Rewind, so I have to recap all of my events from this weekend. Shout out to the Falcons game. Um, shout out to church this weekend. I was able to do that. I did an event um, up here called the Taste of Smyrna where they had like a bunch of food. I was able to try me some Caribbean food. I was able to try me some Jamaican food, some African food. It was amazing. But, you know, it's, it's Monday and it's time for me to go ahead and get to work. Um, and for those that don't know, yes, I work for a church. I do social media marketing for three churches, actually. Um, so, yeah, one in Alabama, one in Texas and one here in Atlanta. Um, and the one here in Atlanta has two locations, so I'd be, I'd be doing a lot. But I thank God for this anointing. I thank God for this room. I thank God for this space and this conversation. But with that being said, my weekend highlight was just the fact that God was able to still move in my life. Granted, I ain't got everything that I need. I couldn't get everything that I wanted. But I thank God that he's still moving in my life, being productive. Uh, Pastor Pat, I'm still working on the insurance thing right now. I might just end up having to wait to this, to this car thing blow over with the um, accident or whatnot, I don't know. I'm, I'm still praying on it right now because I don't necessarily need one right now, but at the same time, I do need one right now. So yeah, y'all just be praying for me. Um, but other than that, let's go ahead and pray out really quickly. Father God, we thank you for this room. We thank you for this space. God, we thank you for this conversation. God, allow it to elevate allow it to elevate us edify us and educate us so god allow us so god to go into the world god and produce a positive impact oh god in other people's lives oh god let us continue to be a blessing oh god god continue to allow us to work on ourselves and grow closer to you in jesus name allow this oh god room to be a impact to others oh god even as we continue to gather and listen and laugh and learn god allow us to be a blessing in jesus name we thank you and god as we go throughout our day god cover our day give us peace give us joy and give us patience as we go through the ups and downs of life god we know that life is hard sometimes but we thank you because you're always there with us always there comforting us always there pushing us so god we honor you right now and we ask that you'll continue to rest rule and reign over our day and the rest of our week go before us and fight for us and it's in jesus name we pray amen amen and amen well all right yeah i love y'all i'm praying for y'all and i'll see y'all again tomorrow morning at 8 a.m for waking up with the prophet this room is ending in three two one bye